0: This week on Invasion, the podcast, that's not a grenade. Should Mortal Kombat 2021 get over here or stay over there?
1: And Steve has to face off against a real or fake combatants with a K. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon, the arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute. Ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of the attention. It's the invasion of the broadcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion, the podcast, where we try to take over the world one listener at a time. Uh, my name is Paul, and uh, and my challenger this evening is Steve. Hello, everyone. And we don't. We our, our special powers are um, sitting near microphones and drinking and talking. That's our what was it, Akana our Arcana? Uh, I don't know. Whatever they called them. Special Mortal Combat powers.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think... Uh, I, I believe that we've both been bestowed those gifts, so <laughs> gifts. I don't know that Mortal Kombat really... Uh, brought them
1: out of us. To be fair, much like Sub-Zero in the film, um, when people see me coming towards like a diner, everybody runs away too, you know? So, um, (laughs) just for unrelated reasons. So yeah, we're going to be talking about 2021's Mortal Kombat that's currently available on HBO Max. Spoilers, uh, just let everybody know there's going to be spoilers. um, And we're going to talk about our thoughts and feelings about the movie. And also, the greater conversation I think it's going to be had is, um, like, it's, it's a video, it's a film adaptation of a video game. Uh, like what would make a good film adaptation of a video game? So that's, I think that's where we're going to be with that. Anyway, uh, that's coming up soon. We have, um, we have a game involving uh, real or fake mortal Kombat uh, characters that I'm going to challenge Steve with. That's going to be fun. Hope everybody enjoyed our conversation last week about clerks Two. Uh, that was a great film to revisit and I'm glad that we did. Uh, and now for everybody's, um, entertainment, uh, cause I know this is a favorite part of everybody's show. um, Steve, what did you do over the weekend? Because we now have 20 minutes to get all this in. I don't know how long it's going to take. <laughs>
0: uh, well, I, uh, ate out in the restaurant for the first time what? in over a year. What? Yeah.
1: Oh no. What? Wait. <laughs> I what? Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. My wife and I, uh, went to melt in Avon Lake and, uh, or I guess it's just Avon and, uh, it was a. Uh, it was good. Um, although the reason my wife specifically picked Melt was the Facebook page said that they had pinball uh, with photos on their website or the Facebook page of uh, pinball. We get there and there's no pinball machines. There's arcade games, but no pinball machines, and she loves. Pinball, and she's like, Well, we could have just stayed home and gotten it delivered. I'm like, Well, we're out. Like, it's the first time, like, yeah. in over a year that we're going out. And then, uh, uh, we had, uh, our dinner. I overpaid for a few drinks, and, uh, it was good. Good.
1: Like, did it, like, were you, like, actively, like, like, was were you, like, hyper aware of everything? Cause it's like, that's a, This is a restaurant. What's that noise I'm hearing? It's like, these what, other people, like, what? And, like, Like you see a child walk by, it's like, what are these small things? And like, you just like,
0: you know, just kick over the table and get away from them. There was like a 25 minute wait. So while we were sitting there, uh, I just kind of kept eyeing people. (laughs) Um, like, you know, there was a family of, you know, and again, it's a meme. I don't even need to say it, but people who don't seem to understand how to, uh, properly wear a mask. Uh, you know, if your nose is sticking out of it, that it means you're not Oh, you saw, you saw the dick nose
1: family. Okay, great. <laughs> okay. Uh,
0: so, like, that kind of stuff, you know, was still, like, in the back of my head. But, like, once we sat down uh, and, like, ordered our food, I was less, uh, I was less paranoid. We'll put it that way. Okay. Yeah. Like, I know
1: my wife and I, we have plans. Uh, not this week because we're, um, still, like, in that window, right, of just, you know, being inoculated so next week we're going to go and sit in a restaurant and I will I don't know what restaurant it's going to be but it's going to be weird to not have to pay for DoorDash to bring it to me.
0: That's <laughs> like
1: you know like it's just going to be a little bit of wait there's somebody out there there's somebody literally like behind me making it right now. Neat. Even it's like I don't have to do like this weird like walk of shame out to my front porch and like like cuz you know my you know, my neighbors are probably like do they even cook food? Like I just, you know, i I just feel like every day they're like there he goes again like what like do they even like what do they spend money on you know like well
0: the thing that i wonder about is is that like uh so like we over tipped um i think we tipped close to like 30 percent and uh Just because we know that they're not at capacity, we know that restaurants that I can't speak to melt, maybe melts like, you know, the Costco restaurants (laughs) and that they pay like their employees really well. I can't speak to that. I don't know. But I do know that food service workers, particularly those, you know, working in restaurants right now. Um, there's a lot of talk about like, oh, they won't come back to work because they're not getting paid well. Well, maybe pay them better. Yeah. Um, (laughs) but (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to throw out there, if you guys are returning to restaurants, you know, please keep that stuff in mind. You know, those people who are, are bringing your food are, you know doing it in reduced situations where there's less customers and less access for them to make a living. So please try and compensate them for that.
1: And they've been putting themselves on the front line in a lot of ways, uh, like kind of against their will, you know? So yeah, yeah, I agree with that. So, but yeah, good, good that you guys got to go out. Sorry. There's no pinball, but you know, now that you guys will have the opportunity to find pinball elsewhere, you know, that's, it is weird that they showed it on their page though and advertised it and it wasn't there, but
0: yeah, you know, (laughs) they must've, replaced it at some point, like with the arcade games and just never updated their Facebook.
1: Like the sign outside says, uh, you know, Mel Avon, home of world famous pinball. you're like, okay, great, we gotta go. Like, what? Like, you know, it's...
0: So we walk in and we can clearly see the video games and my wife's like, where's the pinball? And the girl's like, the what? She's like, the pinball. She's like, we don't have any pinball. So Kathy was kind of stewing on it for a couple minutes and then as we're sitting there she's like on her phone. She pulls up the Facebook page. She's like, look, look right here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, I didn't think you lied about it. Like, you don't have to convince me. I'm like, i you
1: know, well, I'm, well, you're, I'm you're the sitting there ordering this. food and it's like, I'd like to have the sandwich and pinball, please. It's like, <laughs> well, but that's, I'm sorry. What that's sound the menu It's like, I don't know. It's on your page and the customers are always right. So I want pinball, please. <laughs> Thank you.
0: So, yeah, that was, uh, that was Saturday, but the, I did, I did want to mention real quick before we move on, uh, the, the night before was, uh, week two of uh the last drive-in with joe Bob briggs and i got to view a movie that i've never seen yes before. i'm
1: glad you're bringing this up because I, I forgot to ask you about
0: this uh, uh yeah cool i f- haven't rated it on letterbox so i keep meaning to uh i would give it probably four stars i think it's a phenomenal movie i will never watch it again and that movie is auditioned <laughs> why would you never watch it again boy, is that movie messed up. And there is some <laughs> really creepy stuff. There's oh, one yeah. scene Well, we that
1: that should say it's a Takashi uh, Miike film from 1999. Uh yeah. Uh please. It the first half definitely betrays the second half.
0: I, or the other way around I should say, but continue. Yeah, I mean there's there's a scene literally where like somebody's just in a bag. And, mm-hmm. Like you don't know what's in there. <laughs> and she's on the phone and you just see it moving around in the background and you're like what wait, what the hell was that? Cause it, it's like maybe a minute scene or maybe 30 seconds. Like it's not like in focus. And you're like, there's a person in a bag in the background, just like moving around trying to like get away. And they just cut to the next scene. And you're like, what, what, wait, what now?
1: That's, that's uh, how beanbag chairs are actually, they're, the they're raised in bucks. farms. The beanbag chairs are raised on farms. And then, uh, when they reach <laughs> of age, they get euthanized and that's how we get them. So that one might, have has been too young. Might for, have been for, for market. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, you do find out what's in the bag. Yeah, you find out what's in the bag, and there's some really horrifying things happening uh, in the last... Well, there's this kind of awfulness throughout the entire movie. Like, there's a, a sense of dread throughout the movie. But, like, you get to the last ten minutes, and you're like, oof, wow. Did not see that coming, and I am really uncomfortable right now. So...
1: Yeah. Um, I just, I was super excited. I, I, I own the film. Um, and, uh, I think I got the arrow release. Um, I have not watched this since buying it, not because I've been afraid to, it's just, you know, well, you gotta be in the mood for that kind of film. I do want to show it to my wife, uh, but I've not seen it in like years. Uh, uh, but it's one of those things that's kind of affected me so much that I'm like, I need to own this, but much like there, there's other films that I own where I'm like, I want to own this. I don't know if I'm going to watch this again. Like uh, I own <laughs> one hour photo and I think I've seen that once in the theater and then once on DVD with the commentary, because that's such an uncomfortable film. But I was like, I have to own this thing. Um, but with audition there was uh it was like on AMC or one of those, those channels. They did like 100 greatest frights or whatever. So, um, they showed they mentioned audition and unfortunately because those things are just like a little screen like like um scenes right real quick little like showing you why these films are like scary uh, they showed a little bit because as much as you can of something that happens at the end to the main character and i'm like i don't know what's going on in this film but i got to see it so i knew that was coming which i hope you did not uh i i
0: I mean, I kind of knew that something awful was coming. (laughs) I did not know to what level it was coming. Uh
1: But yeah, there you go, man. You get to see Audition. I'm, I'm super stoked that you got to watch that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like I said, good movie. Don't know if I'll ever revisit it. But, you know, what was it like three weeks ago? I was complaining about watching like low budget to no budget films and not getting what I needed out of them. Um, auditions, a movie I would not have found on my own. And I'm glad that, uh, I watched it, even though it's not something I'm eager to revisit. You can I'm borrow my like, copy. Wow. Uh, you can borrow my, uh, my Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> streaming on yeah. shutter. Now folks, you can yeah. watch it there. So You, you can borrow work. it from me for free. It
1: won't cost you an arm or a leg. So I'll oh. that, uh,
0: anyway, um,
1: yeah, I, 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 I should go actually watch the, the last drive in segments with that just to get the information surrounding that they talked about. Cause that would be nice to get more context. Because I, I think that movie's great.
0: Yeah, it, it was. It's fun, and I'm. I'm I, I know that I've talked about previously that it was during the pandemic that I kind of came to Joe Bob. Make it sound like I came to Jesus, but uh, yeah, sure, came to Joe Bob. Uh, this week, uh, as in two days from now, um, on Friday, a new episode is going to be at nine o'clock, and this week's guest is Jeffrey Combs. So I'm excited to see what movie we might be getting uh, with Jeffrey Combs coming up. So.
1: Yeah, um, So Eli Roth was the, what, the guest last week, right?
0: He was, and okay. neither of the films were his, which I thought was interesting. They were just movies that he really liked. Okay, cool.
1: Uh, and then uh, the other one, I've, I know I've heard of in passing, but I never saw what was at the class in 1984. Did you actually get to watch that one or no?
0: So I didn't make it all the way through. Um, I was just so tired at that point. I think I went, called it quits at like 12, 31 o'clock. Uh, but uh, I had seen it previously uh, it's a very uh, early michael J Fox film i I it definitely predates back to the future and teen wolf uh, I don't know if it's technically his first role he might have already been on family ties at this point but it's uh, and he's not like the main character yeah. at all he's uh, a, a, one of the kids at the high school um, but uh, it's very much in the vein of There was a whole series of films in the 80s, I think, that were like, you know, teens and and kids in school are dangerous and like, (laughs) you know, the teachers have to fight back. You know, there was the principal, uh, there was the substitute, there was class in 1984. There's a whole sort of, uh, I I, I wouldn't say grouping, but but maybe category of that style of film that happened in the, the late 80s, early 90s, so...
1: Yeah, I just I, I we need like a remake of "Lean On Me" that's actually more about like you know the fighting back part as opposed to inspiring kids. That's no, that's not that's not true.
0: <laughs> um, well, that's kind of what Class eighty four is. So okay. Uh, um, you're, he tries to inspire them, and and then things go really bad. Like <laughs> that, I mean, it's probably a bunch of math or
1: something, right? That's I don't want to deal with any of that. So anyway, uh, cool. You got to see audition. That's exciting. Uh, and and you got to go out to eat and not play pin, pinball. So that's a fifty fifty s- situation there. That's <laughs> food, but no pinball. Uh, sounds like a good weekend.
0: Yeah, it was it was a it was a good weekend. I. I you know, like all weekends, they go by so quickly. But it was nice to actually do something on the weekend for once.
1: Yeah, I I, I agree, uh, and I can't wait to do that sometime eventually. Uh, my weekend, um, I know we're going to talk a little bit here. We like we we did we both finished uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, um, and that that was fun. I think that was. Um, there's stuff to dig in there but it's like i think after us trying to approach one division it's like i don't know how i liked falcon and winter soldier i liked it a great deal there's a lot of criticism right now about some of the way some of the story and characters were handled um i didn't think too hard about some of that stuff i don't know maybe it makes me hypocrite considering we're about to go into mortal combat and talk about some of that but i just really enjoyed uh falcon and winter soldier and when you get to um See, I'm becoming, you know, the new Captain America. Spoilers. There's images all over the internet now. Uh, it's it. It felt really good, and I dug it.
0: I agree with you. Yeah, I know that there's a lot of criticism out there, and I've read some of it. I I will say, that if there's anything that I agree with, it's that the reveal of Power Broker isn't really that big of a reveal. Yeah, like the the mystery really isn't there. Um, which is funny because Power Broker went to Mephisto and like. Yeah. If you remember, Division, like every week, you know, people had all these theories about, you know, different characters either being Mephisto or Mephisto's involvement. And, yeah. you know, it it, it it, none of that happened with uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And I was kind of surprised by that. And I, I understand some of the other criticism. I don't know that I never necessarily agree with it, but I think the biggest thing to applaud the show for is, is like tackling race in a Marvel superhero show, like guns a blazing. Like, and they did
1: a great I, job. Like it just, they, they, they yeah. didn't shy away from it. And just, what was a Bucky statement about? Like, you know, I don't think I, I considered what it meant to have. Uh, what was it? I forget the exact wording, but like a black captain America or a black man hold the shield. It's like, holy shit. Like, yeah, that's, that's the like, you know, the winter soldier just uh, blew up half the internet right there. You know, like, uh, good on him.
0: Yeah, and I mean, for all the people who are, you know, uh, fighting against what they call social justice in comic books these days, like, it's always been there. Like, it's it's always been there. You just were reading comics at the time and were unaware of it. So, you know, I, I was glad to see that continued in the marvel tradition in the in the movie and i keep wanting to call it a movie in the series well i i the brief aside i have to mention
1: i uh earlier today i had an interaction with somebody uh just it was uh, just a something involving work and passing and people were talking about things and they mentioned uh going to sporting events and it, the, the, what it got down to is that with uh, the cleveland baseball team right now right uh they made some kind of comment about like, well, you know, like chief Wahoo's canceled. And I was like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. I don't think chief Wahoo has been canceled. I think, uh, I think we all just realized like, this isn't good. I think we can do better. Like, <laughs> like uh, I was like, don't, don't go. No, no, you can't say it. Nope. Can't do that. Like, I just, ugh. anyway, that's, that's me getting a little political, I guess, about, uh, imagery and I, you know, ideology, but that's, ex- that's a lot of what, uh, uh, what uh, Falcon Winter Soldier did, which, side note, I do want to see them. I, I would love just to see a series of them on a shrimp boat solving
0: crimes in the bayou. That's what <laughs> I'd want. <laughs> it reminds me of the uh, spin off showcase for uh, The Simpsons where <laughs> yeah. Principal yeah. Skinner uh, goes back to New Orleans and for some reason. No, it's. Uh, <laughs> It's him and Chief Wiggum uh, in, like, a detective-style show. So, uh, yeah, I'd be all up for that. I I, I think, actually, you know, in, in the sense that WandaVision, we got to spend so much time with the characters, I think that may have been where people might have had a problem with Falcon and the Winter Soldier where they're like, Hey, there's all this action happening again. Like, yep, well, I mean, you know, I, an I, episode of just them hanging out on a boat talking or whatever might have actually been a nice breather, but I'm I, not complaining. I at think
1: all. they could have probably, I think that the overall, the series could have actually benefited from a couple more installments, you know, just to kind of give, a little more room to breathe with like, you know, the bad guys modifications, the GRC thing, um, John Walker, you know, like I think that, is it like this, this thing isn't like an abomination, you know, it's like it is it in terms of, um, Marvel storytelling. Is it the best thing they put out? Probably not. But in terms of characters, there's some amazing work in this and you got to see a spotlight on two, on well, two characters that were brought in to films as side characters that are now fully realized characters. And that,
0: that's a hell of a thing, much like Wanda and vision. Right. So I dig it. And I'll be honest. I didn't know that we would get an entire episode of Falcon being captain, uh, captain America. I almost said captain soldier for some reason, but like soldier America, I I assumed like they were just going to end the series with him, like taking the shield back up and maybe getting a shot of the costume. I didn't know that we would get, an entire episode of him being captain America. Yeah. Uh, so I he, was really impressed with that. The way he was just like all
1: over the place too was amazing. I just loved how it's like there was the, the, the notion of like, he he's now accepted this mantle and he he's going to be the Johnny on the spot. Cause that's what, that's what captain America would do, you know? But then he, uh, you know, I don't know. I just, I would love to have like been a fly on the wall watching Chris Evans. Watch that.
0: You know? I you know what I would have loved to have seen actually was just an after credit scene where, you know, they they cut to somebody watching TV where uh you know Buck and I'm sorry, not Bucky, where Falcon Sam is announcing that he's Captain America to the media and he's having that discussion basically with the the Senator. Um I, I would have liked to have seen just like they cut back to somebody who's watching it on TV and it, like you see that it's an old Steve Rogers and then he holds his glass up and sort of tips his hat and, you know, credits. I thought that would have been like a nice thing. I wish we would have gotten a moment like that. But uh, overall, I, I imagine that that not only is Chris Evans probably thrilled with what they've done, but like. You know, if there is some sort of return for him in the future, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out.
1: Yeah. So we, we watched that. That was great. Uh, people should check it out. Spoilers. Uh, uh, Falcon does become Captain America, which if you guys didn't think that's how this was going to end, I don't know what to tell you. Because, I mean, that's directly <laughs> from the comics uh, in a good way, too. Right. I mean, both Bucky and Falcon have had they've had the shield in the comics. Right. So. Um, yeah. And now we got U S agent showing up too. I mean, like, I don't It's like, I like that there, there's some deep cuts showing up. Like I, I'm excited.
0: Well, um, also that suit that, that Sam dons is, I think that's one of the closest suits that we've seen in the, the live action stuff to the comic. Yeah, version. I agree. Like it's almost spot on from the comic book version. And, uh, my, my one thought, and this is horrible, but like. My first thought was is like, oh, man, like that's going to be tough to film in, like because there's so much white on the suit. Like he can't touch anything because no, if like no. a, a stain gets on the suit, yeah, like you it. know, you've got to keep up continuity and everything. But I'm like, well, I'm sure they have multiple suits or whatever. But my first thought was just like, oh. Cause in my brain, I know like, you know, I, I'm always terrible. I don't, I try not to wear anything white cause immediately I'll spill spaghetti on yeah. it. Even if I'm not eating spaghetti,
1: what, what, whatever, um, whatever sauce is associated with the food that I'm eating, sloppy
0: Joe taco, whatever, yeah. I, I need to find
1: an appropriate colored shirt. So I look like a respectable hum, human being, you know, I get it, it. Yeah.
0: It will make its way, its way to me. So <laughs> I, my immediate thought was, Oh no, he's going to get something on that nice white suit. But uh, yeah, a great suit. Great show. Uh, I'm, I'm on board. They have announced that Captain America 4 is coming from the same people. So yeah. I'm I also like that to see what it is. the suit was developed
1: by Wakanda. So, you know, they figured out how to keep that thing clean. You know, they're like, listen, you know, we've been, it's like, we're like, you know, everyone's like Tony Stark, this Tony Stark, that's like bullshit. Like we're way ahead of him. That, that suit, it's self-cleaning,
0: you know, or whatever, <laughs> you know, what's going to
1: happen. Uh, well, I
0: do love that they had all these things built into not just the suit, but, like, the fact that he's still got his Falcon wings and that, like, he compensates b- for not being a super soldier by, like, you know, there's a, a specific shot in the show I remember where, like, I think it's when he's fighting Badrock Bad the Leaper, and uh, he just holds up the shield and, like instead of like jumping directly at him with all of his force he also like turns on the jets so he's got that much more emphasis and power to his hits i i really dug that
1: yeah they got the the fight choreography great with him incorporating that in the shield it was it was really cool you know and i mean much like they figured out with with bucky in the movies and now how like instead of like him having a shield the way he'll put his hand up right to block things it's like there's I appreciate the thought that went into giving all these these heroes like their own things, like in terms of fight choreography and fighting styles. Uh, but yeah, Falcon Winter Soldier was great. Um, I am now one episode out from being caught up on Invincible, which has actually been really really cool. It's the I know you know what it is, let people at home listening, it's the animated uh, series on Prime that's based upon Robert Kirkman's book Invincible, which I had not read, so a lot of this is just new to me, uh, and it's like. I'm, I can see why they couldn't have done this live action, because it would have been way too expensive, and I think people would have been turned off by just the amount of gore uh, that shows up in the series,
0: but it's really cool so far. I have been meaning to sit down and watch Invincible, because I have not read the series, and I was like, well, this will be a nice little surprise and that I really know nothing about it, and I just haven't gotten to it. You should like, I mean,
1: it's, it's cool. Like I'm not going to give anything away. It's just uh when, when there's collateral damage, there's collateral damage. Like this is like, this is in your face of the reality of this, but there's also like the exhilaration of being a hero. I, I just, cause the main character the kid uh, that's playing invincible, like you can tell he loves being a hero, but there's times where he does things. It's like, Hey, I saved the day, but I clipped the side of that building. Shit, you know, he has to go over, <laughs> and it's like, oh, well, that's real people, you know, and like, so there, there's things that happen, and, uh, and basically, his father, uh, is, uh, that world's version of Superman. So, like, how, how do you live in that shadow, right? And then also, it's like, it deals with the whole question of like, you know, hey, that's Superman. What if, what if he decides that he's done with us? but you know, there's a lot of those questions too. Uh, it's cool though. The soundtrack and it's is really great. Um was a uh, Jillian uh was it uh Jacobs uh, from community mm-hmm. uh she voices one of the characters as well she's fun there's there's some decent humor here and there so it's not complete like it's not a slog but when it gets violent it gets violent so I guess if people aren't into that you know viewer beware but I'm I'm digging it uh Zachary Quinto plays a character named robot and it's like you you pick the guy who played Spock to voice a robot that sounds like that sounds like Spock I'm fine with that
0: <laughs> you know i i i don't think we ever i i know that we've talked a little bit about the the kelvin universe or whatever but i i i always thought that quinto did a a, a great take on or had a great take on spock and did a, a, a really good mm-hmm. uh spock uh, and i know that there's a new guy playing spock in one of the series yeah he was a um, discovery
1: he's actually not bad too it's just the way they write the character for discovery was a little different but He's not a bad Spock.
0: Like, but I think both Zachary, those guys
1: got the Nimoy, like the, yeah.
0: The, yeah. Well, I was just going to say Zachary Quinto. It was my roundabout way of saying that, like, everything that I see him in, he's always really good. I We watched that series, Nosferatu, mm-hmm. which uh, he was in for two seasons. Uh, well, it only lasted two seasons, but he was in it. And uh, he was playing a character uh, who has a... a, a, a Without giving too much away, there's different sort of ages of the character, so there's times where he was under like an incredible amount of makeup, and uh, times where he wasn't, and he was great throughout the entire series, so I think... I think anytime he shows up, it's usually a take notice kind of situation.
1: Yeah. And he's good at it. And, uh, it, it's a pretty much an all-star cast in terms of the voice acting. So it's, it's really good. Um, oh, what's, what's his name? The gentleman from, um, walking dead who Stephen Newton, uh, who recently was in a, is a Minari, the film that's got nominated. He got nominated for best actor too, I think in the Oscars. He's really good as the main character as well. And I, like I, it's neat. Like, I mean, if people, if you like the boys and you want more of this, like, I, I guess realistic take on superheroes is the way to put it. Uh, the sense of like, it isn't just like uh cows and capes and good guys versus bad guys. And hooray, we saved the day. Like there's consequences for actions. Then this is a good, this is a good, like um bookend uh, series compared to the boys. Um, and it's awesome. And the, the gentleman who does the character design on the series, I, I think was the artist that worked with Kirkman on the series. So it looks from what I, from what I can see at me being a, you know, a noob with all this, a noob if you will. Um, it, it looks exactly at like the comic and it's cool.
0: Yeah. I will have to check it out. I, I, I know that the, the first season is only like eight or 10 episodes, I think. So yeah, I'm like, uh, I, it's it up won't to seven. Like so, yeah.
1: to- and each episode is like 40 minutes. So, it's not like you're going to be, you know, burning like so much time watching it. And it, it, it also, trust me, it will hold your attention. The cliffhangers for the end of the episode, you're like, okay, well, here we go again. <laughs> like, so, <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, that's that. That's that's my that was my weekend was watching a little bit of Invincible, playing some video games. Uh, just laying low until I can till I can go out into this irradiated hellscape that is uh the world right now. Um so yeah that's uh that that's gonna do it for for us talking about that. Let's just get to let's just get to some news. Good news everyone. So we actually do have news this time. These are three stories Steve do not Steve do not the, all the Steves don't know about them. Um, and it's, it's all secret stories for Steve to get his reactions there. There's not a lot like right now in like the world of pop culture that I was super excited about. And it's been tough. I think we're coming out of the pandemic. So productions are starting back up again, but there's still this weird in between where there's just things. I don't know. Like also there's things have happened that I know I'd want to talk about that. You'd be like, I have no idea what you're speaking to in regards to video games. So I'm not going to bore you there, but we'll talk about mortal Kombat later. (laughs) That makes sense. All right, um, I lost Steve already. I'm sorry, Steve. No, I'm still here. I. just. <laughs> no, like there was there was a, a, a large creative uh, lead uh, that left Blizzard, and that's kind of sent shockwaves through everything. Uh, and for me to explain to you why it's important to me, uh, we would need an entire episode. So we're not going to do that. We're going to get into some fun stories here. So first story. Um, uh, well, I know I said something about that's not a grenade. We're going to save that for the third story because that's that's the one I think it's going to make Steve laugh the most. Uh, so uh, first thing here is uh, hundreds of Josh's gathered in a Nebraska field for a pool noodle battle over the name Josh.
0: I'm,
1: I'm sorry, what now? <laughs> <laughs> hundreds of people flocked to a park in Nebraska on Saturday to engage in an intense pool noodle brawl over the name Josh. Uh, so what started a year ago uh, at the beginning of the pandemic uh, when this, this kid named Josh Swain, who's 22 years old, I guess he's not a kid. Yeah, whatever. It's I'm double his age. So he's a kid. Uh, 22 year old kid from Austin or sorry, student from Tucson, Arizona, not Austin. I can't read. Messaged others who shared his name on social media and challenged them to a duel. So he did this a year ago cause he was bored. And so then, um, the planning began. Uh, so hundreds of Josh's showed up at a, uh, at a park in Lincoln. So it was a chosen a location chosen at random. And so you see these photos of a bunch of people named Josh wearing masks and just, just fighting each other pull with pool noodles for who gets to have the title of Josh.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's an interesting uh, story. It's a, a fun story. A fun idea. Do, do we know which Josh won? We do. Uh, so there was also, uh,
1: rock, paper, scissors competitions as well between Josh's. Uh, but yeah, it looks like, it looks like it was good fun. I just, I do, I hope that, uh, I hope people were safe. I hope that this the Josh the Joshning doesn't become a super spreader event. That'd be unfortunate.
0: Um, <laughs> you know. Joshning. Is mean, uh, yeah, that your name or is n- that the... I uh... just,
1: that's just me just saying it right now.
0: So okay. the Joshning.
1: Uh, the winner was a four-year-old uh, Joshua Vincent Jr. who was honored with a paper crown. I think it was a Burger King crown. And hoisted in the air for all the Joshs to see. So a four-year-old Josh won. I don't think he won because of physical prowess. I think it was rigged, but... Um, whatever he is the, he is the winner of the Josh's, the Josh battle.
0: Nice. (laughs) That sounds like a, you know, a, a fun idea. I, I, how many people showed up? They said, um, uh, how many
1: people here? I don't, where does it go? Um, Hundreds of people, they said, showed up, Uh, and and the the gentleman who started all that, like last year, was like, I was thinking like thirty people were going to show up, but they actually did some good for charity. Um, They uh, donated two hundred to three hundred pounds of food for the local food bank of Lincoln and raised more than eight thousand dollars for the Children's Hospital Medical uh, Center Foundation in Omaha. So that's great.
0: Yeah, I, I, you know, I mean, as much as uh, like people would make fun of. uh, you know, back in the day when, when you know, there were the uh, people camping outside for, you know, a month for a Star Wars movie. Like, those people also did things for charities and stuff like that. So, when, every time I hear one of these goofy stories, I always think of, like, eh, at least they're doing it for charity and it's fun.
1: Yeah. I just uh, – this was a mortal Josh bat. That's that's what I should have called it. <laughs> but, yeah. So, there was a bunch of Joshs that fought over the name Josh. And I think that's – it's just – i love i love when um there's fun like the internet like this is what the internet should be right like this like good natured let's just have some fun and be ridiculous and the only thing i was worried about is that we're in a plague right now so having a bunch of people together uh you know like like watch we're gonna find out like what three weeks from now it's like anybody who knows anybody named josh stay away from him like it's like we're gonna <laughs> They've but, all been infected with the new variant. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jovid-19. Anyway, so yeah, the, all the Joshes fought. That was story number one. Uh, story number two, you probably already saw this, is because social media had a lot of fun with it. Uh, and this ties into our episode two episodes ago about the last blockbuster. Uh woman charged with felony embezzlement for not returning Sabrina the teenage witch VHS 21 years ago.
0: You know, I, I I briefly saw something pop up in my uh, feed, and i did I didn't click on it. So d- explain. okay.
1: look at look at me. Spreading news like a Josh, um, and spreading the plague. Uh, all right, uh, this is an Oklahoma city, so I guess everything's is happening in the center of America, except for the third story that happens overseas. Uh, a VHS movie rented more than twenty years ago has come back to haunt a woman in Texas. The problem is, she never returned the tape she allegedly rented in Oklahoma. Now it's landed her in some serious legal trouble. Um, so let's see here, what happened? Uh, they um, because of the, like because she didn't rent, the, like she didn't return this tape. Um, they, it, it was assigned a felony and she didn't know about it because um, she's a wanted felon for this VHS tape and she uh, she had to go she went to go change her name at this uh, courthouse recently and then she found out about the felony like the actual charges uh, for felony embezzlement and so she was flipping out I, as all of us would be right and then when she found out it was because there wasn't a VHS tape returned like 20 years ago like the whole thing goes along and she's like I don't even like she's like she blames her, like her ex husband. She's like, I've never seen this. I think he rented it for the kids. I don't know where this is. It's like, who in the right mind would know exactly where a, like a VHS that they rented 20 years ago is, unless they're that one person that's like, screw you, Blockbuster, I won, you know. Um, but yeah, this uh, she believes now, and this is the like, I, this is the real sad part of the story is that because no one ever told her, um, she said, you know, over time I've applied for jobs and not gotten them, so she wonders if background um, checks. I kicked her out because of this. And I think that's a valid concern, you know? So, uh, because this actually happened in what was in Oklahoma, she's actually considering legal action to maybe sue them because since they never notified her and like, but this might've kept her from getting like gainful employment, like you know, successful gainful employment. I'm not, I'm not sure of her final situation now, I think she has grounds
0: for some actual, like, you know, damages here. I guess I just, you know, I mean, I didn't even think that was a thing that you could like have that criminal of an offense for the embezzlement. Like where's the embezzlement? You kept a VHS tape. And, and just so that I understand it would have been blockbuster who reported her so that the charges would be,
1: is that correct? I
0: I was, I don't know. Um, Let's see here. It was, I don't think it was blockbuster. Um, it
1: doesn't say here in the story specifically. um, Let's see here. Online documents show McBride was charged with felony embezzlement of rented property in March of 2000, but never knew about the charges until recently. Um, oh, the movie was rented at Movie Place. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wait, 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 okay. wait, wait, wait. Rented at Movie Place in Norman, Oklahoma. Uh, you know, like, like, Steve, where do you, like, what's
0: a Saturday night? Where do you want to go? Let's go to Movie Place. <laughs> you know, um, and then afterwards, we'll go uh, and pick up some food at Food Stuff. At Food Stuff? At Food and Stuff, right? That was, wasn't
1: that the name of the store in uh, Parks and Rec, Food and Stuff, that uh, Ron Swanson liked going to? I was like, hey, get It was. Time. Yeah. <laughs> we had a movie place in the Food and Stuff in Norman, Oklahoma. But the movie place closed in 2008. So you'd think also that um, that would have been like, well, they can't collect. I think we're done now. But yeah, it wasn't Blockbuster. But movie place. So next year when we watch the documentary
0: about, you know, the last movie place, we'll remember this. I do wonder they they can't be the only she can't be the only person that this happened to, right? Probably. Like, yeah. Unless they were all all the others were resolved, like that's really screwed up. And it must be just a weird like
1: uh, fluke, not flukes, the way the law is written in Oklahoma, right? In terms of like that kind of thing. Because if that's the case, then I think there's a lot of us running from the law right now, and we don't know it. <laughs> I mean, we all are probably for our own reasons, but not movie-related rented reasons.
0: But. Yeah, no, I... I'm just kind of blown away by it because it's, it's one of those things where you hear it, and you're like, wow, that's so dumb, I can't believe. But it also could have, like, cost this person, like job opportunities and potentially ruined their life which is just crazy yeah that's what
1: i'm saying like i mean realistically though because if if it's a felony embezzlement without uh, without any context and you're applying for jobs of course it's going to be a red flag and kick you right so man i don't know that so it's a funny story but uh i think i think compensation's in place you know and then they should also be like well here's the here's the trade-off like look up what the cost is for a Sabrina the Teenage Witch VHS she pays that amount for a replacement and then she gets compensation for not getting gainful employment that's the deal you know so you pay <laughs> 20 bucks and then you you know you work out like the the you know the potential, potential tens of thousands of dollars that you've lost out on over the years right so
0: yeah that's crazy <laughs> i just i i agree with you yeah there there should definitely be some compensation for that person
1: so all right uh, last story here. Uh, <laughs> uh, so um, this is over in uh, Passau, Germany. A, a jogger notified police after what they looked what looked to be an unexploded grenade from World War II in a forest outside of the town. A bomb squad from a local a local municipality of Hasenberg arrived on the scene and, upon investigation, discovered that the grenade was actually a rubber sex toy. Uh, the story, this is from vice. It's a bit more specific. And it's a butt plug.
0: That, like, <laughs> <laughs> so let me get this straight. Someone called this in. They thought it was an unexploded grenade from world war two. That's very specific. Well, I mean, you know, I don't know. You're running around Germany.
1: It's possible, right? Like I, you know, sure. Um, so, all right, like, I'll read you the rest of this too. <laughs> um, uh, the bomb squad. This is all this, this story is written Like there, this is from the AV club. So it's the, this article is always a little bit more snarky, which I love how they report on some of this stuff. Uh, the bomb squad was able to more quickly determine that they hadn't found an old explosive because the bag of the grenade was in also contained lubricant two unopened condoms and a USB cable. Uh, a statement provided to device who wrote the story by police explains with perfect deadpan that a search on the internet then confirmed the suspicion uh, there are actually sex toys in the form of hand grenades. So the person saw something that had the general appearance of a hand grenade. And, but they also saw it in a bag with condoms and lube. So I don't know, you know,
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that lube and condoms didn't come from world war II. <laughs> I mean, we don't know. I don't know.
1: I don't know what they did then. Um, <laughs> no, but I just, and, and, you know, and, honoring our history on the show of when I find a story about, um, something about weird sex toys. And and, and this is in um, an honor of that guy running out of that store in Vegas with that, what, four foot tall dildo. Um, you know. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. So the, the butt plug was not a, like, was a butt plug and not a grenade, but you'd also argue that anything that's going in out of the butt could also be hazardous and explosive. So I don't know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I, I guess I guess it's good of this person to call and be like oh I think there's a bomb and it's like that's ah, not a bomb you know just much like I'm sure like any um, person that works at uh, at an airport with luggage and having to see x-rays of things you know I'm sure there's plenty of times that they they thought they they thought they saw bombs but they were just you know uh, butt bombs or whatever but anyway there you go so crisis averted you're welcome world <laughs> thank God that
0: person called it in yeah. <laughs>
1: So there he goes to you. Are were you happy with all our stories tonight? We, uh, we had, uh, some Josh's fighting it out. We had a woman that her life could potentially have, uh, been altered in unfortunate ways of not returning Sabrina, the teenage witch, and someone saw a butt plug and called the police. How do you feel about the stories we talked about, I mean, you definitely ended with a bang. I'll um, leave it there. Woohoo! I like it. All right. So, um, yeah. All right, I think we're going to leave that there right now. We're going to leave that on the long side of the road for the bomb squad to come pick up. And we're going to get into our discussion about 2021's mortal combat. And now for our feature
0: presentation. All
1: right. Well, speaking of butt bombs, we're going to talk about 2021's mortal combat. Oh, did I, did I tip my hand uh, a little bit here. I'm sorry. I, I don't know. Um, I know I'm ruining the segment already, but I just wanted to say butt bomb real quick. Uh, But so, but the reason I asked Steve if we could watch it this week for Invasion is because not only like it's on HBO Max right now. And I like that Warner Brothers is actually releasing all of their films like so you can watch it home safely for the year. I think that's a great idea. Uh, Also, I don't know if I would have paid money to go see this in the theater. So I'm glad it was available but we've always kicked around the ideas of talking about some video game stuff. And I think this is probably closer to our wheelhouse because this is an adaptation of a video game into a film. So I want to ask you, Steve, I know you used to video game back in the day. How familiar,
0: f- familiar, how familiar are you with mortal Kombat? I feel like, so I had a couple of versions of mortal Kombat. I, I don't remember. Was it on the Sega Genesis? Cause I'm probably. trying to remember if I, I so. had it, by the time I had the PlayStation or if it was available in that uh let me see here. in those early versions. I, I I feel like Sega Genesis I probably had the first or second Mortal Kombat and then I know I had a version for it for Playstation.
1: Okay. Um I think it was. I'd have to go back. Yeah, it looks like it's it shows there's videos here of it on the Sega Genesis. Um so so yeah, and I know I think I had a Super Nintendo at the time when it came out for home like, you know, the version you could play at home, and the big deal was that they uh, they, they switched out all the blood for sweat, so you just see a bunch of blue all over the place. I remember that. Um, but yeah, so in terms of like fighting games, like it was like it was like this, and like Street Fighter Two at the time, right? There was there anything else that really? like held your attention as a fighting game that was out like for the, like the general public, I'm sure there's probably like weird deep cuts that, you know, people would talk about then.
0: Well, but. I don't think it's a weird deep cut, but it's certainly not mortal combat level. There was a star Wars fighting game called masters of Terras Casa, which was actually one of the, the few jokes in Silla that I thought worked was that, uh, I, I believe, uh, mother of dragons. I think she mentions at one point that she's trained in the art of, uh, terrorist uh, which I was like, wow, they referenced a video game from 1997. Sweet, um, <laughs> but that was the only other fighting game I think that I had. Everything other than that were games like uh, your Sonics, your Mario's, and then with the PlayStation, I think uh, Twisted Metal was probably the game we played the most. I don't know that that equates to being a fighting game, but it was two people against each other in combat as cars. They're they're like that. That is
1: a property that. Like, I know they've, like, there's been talks of making, like, a live action Twisted Metal. I want to see that. Like, that's, that's, like, that would be great. That would be so much fun. But, so, Mortal Kombat's been obviously, like, this thing in, like, you know, and in, in, in front of us for what, uh, almost 30 years. Right. And it's been a fighting which game.
0: Crazy to think about it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm seeing advertisements now for the 30th anniversary of Deadpool, which I'm like, that's accurate, but not, but anyway, uh, cause I mean, the character has been around that long, but not the way that we know him, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, you should be like, it's the 30th anniversary of Deadpool's pouches, you know, his, uh, his, anyway. Uh, so, um, with this game series has been around for a long time. It's been you know, reinvented, reimagined over time. And it's been like this thing that has been always there. And it's always stayed relevant in terms of like being on like the fighting game scene. And what originally drew people to this, I think, originally, like initially was uh, with Street Fighter. That was more the pixel art where that was um, 16-bit, you know, actual like character design drawn, animated. And though Mortal Kombat itself is animated, it used like actual people for like, however they did like the actual like transition to pixels, but they, they use people like actual human beings, right. Except for uh, Goro. Um, Cause I mean, I don't think he exists in real life. And if he does, I'm terrified. Um, so I think that uh, gave it a little bit more uh, interesting footing. And also the fact that they, they, they really leaned to the violence with the fatalities and like just the brutality of it. Um, to say that the storyline for this You know, it's developed. There's this big mythology. Uh, You know, I've never really followed it. It, It's just, you know, for a fighting game, all you just give is like, oh, why are these people fighting? Well, it's tournament. They're fighting each other. It's like, cool. But then you have to attach all these stories. And I don't think the Mortal Kombat lore has always been the strongest point. But people still are drawn to the series, right? So then did um, did you see the initial film in the theater, the first one? (laughs)
0: <laughs> i did uh it's interesting because i saw it i saw it in the theater after talking to my partner on the saturday slasher ryan sandy at the time he had saw it and i was like how is it he's like it's not great he's like but i will say that every time the mortal Kombat theme kicks in you'll want to like get up and just fight i'm like all right he's like it's it's dumb and fun but he's like it's not a good movie by any means i'm like okay and I remember going and seeing it and then being like, wow, it's not great, but it's a stupid kind of fun. Um, and I did a little bit of a... I didn't watch the entire movie. I did go back and watch some clips on YouTube of the film uh, in preparation for this. And I gotta say, boy, it really looks cheap. Like <laughs> I, I I remember thinking at the time, like, okay, well... It's a special effects heavy movie and, you know, I remember thinking like, oh, they, they probably didn't spend as much money on it as they would like a bigger t- title. But I mean, Mortal Kombat was huge already at that point. So I don't know that I had a justification for it, but in my head I was like, ah, you know, whatever. Um, it makes the special effects in Spawn, which would come two years later, look like, you know, I nothing against 1997 Spawn, but boy, there's some really rough yeah effects in that movie mortal Kombat. looking at some of that footage wow i can't believe that was passable is existing in a, a film that played in theaters like if you told me it went to direct a video i'd be like okay that makes sense
1: yeah no i remember seeing the theater uh it was uh it came out uh in oh, 95 so i was in high school still and i remember having fun with it that was like around the same year as like street fighter the film which was like way worse <laughs> like <laughs> Both are equally bad for their own reasons, but I remember having a lot more fun with this one. And by the way, I just want to point out that the next film that, uh, Paul Douglas Anderson would direct would be event horizon two years later. Like think about that. The thing about the jump from Mortal Kombat to event horizon. Um, and then, and then he went downhill from there anyway. But um, <laughs> I don't know. Like He almost got X-Men because of his handling of Mortal Kombat, by the way. That's not that's not what we're getting into. But I know that was a thing. And he almost got that film because of his handling of a lower budget and action. Wow.
0: wow. I, I don't know. I don't know that I watch Mortal Kombat. Other than the fact that you're dealing with multiple characters, maybe that's the reason. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing effects-wise. I mean, with the exception of... Uh, the, the fact that there's a physical Goro, I think was impressive and it was mainly a, you know, a puppet and, you know, uh, it wasn't a CGI effect. Maybe so that's probably the most impressive thing. Are you saying that
1: Reptile, when he was a Reptile, didn't age well in that film? When he was just, uh, you know, just a PlayStation 1 lizard running around before he became a ninja?
0: Not only that, look up, uh, Scorpion's, um... I don't know what you call it. The chain coming out of his hand.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Against Johnny cage. They're in like a forest. Yeah. Ooh, is it rough? <laughs> it's like really rough.
1: So, okay. So we could agree that that film, you know, it, it was fun. It, it you know, it, you also had Christopher Lambert as Raiden. Come on. Like that, that is the dumbest, but amazing casting ever for like the God of thunder. And, uh, I think, I think he knew what movie he was in. I don't know. But anyway, so, and then you got, what was it? Uh, Billy Madison's, uh, you got Veronica Vaughn playing Sonya Blade. <laughs> um, yeah, its just, it's, it's not a good film. And, and maybe I need to re- revisit that now. Cause I think that might be kind of like a, like a, huh? Yeah. That thing.
0: I but, don't know that yeah. I'd want to revisit, revisit it on my own, but for oh, like friends. a
1: gathering. Oh yeah. 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 Just put that on and just like, just rip into it and have fun. Have fun, right? And again, everything I'm saying here is leading up to me being a hypocrite. So everybody just pay attention. It's typical of me on the show here to be like, I think things should be fun. However, uh, so uh, after that film, there was Mortal Kombat Annihilation that came out two years later, which I heard is absolute trash. I've not seen it. Um, I'm okay with not seeing it. Uh, but then, so fr- from that point, there had been various attempts at like bringing this back to like the big screen. Uh, there was, um, oh, is it Trachtenberg? I forget his name. He was... um Dan Trachtenberg? Maybe. Uh, he directed um oh, Cloverfield? He, uh yeah, but he was also did some Agents of Shield episodes as well. He did a lot of them. Hmm. Um and I think that's cuz I think he actually did some uh like a uh, web shorts uh trying to get like um trying to get like a Mortal Kombat series kicked off. So like I think he did. I you know, here I wouldn't be like uh, saying everything wrong about that. But anyway, uh, there was other times to try to get this going, and there's different ways to try to make this a little bit more gritty. There was talks of making something more gritty because after the the, uh, the um, Batman Begins and the Dark Knight, everything had to be gritty and dark. So there was a there's a web series out there of Mortal Kombat shorts that is a little bit more gritty and dark, and I don't think that's wrong. It just never got like into bigger production. With that being said, um, I think this is a franchise. That could be um, like an interesting film series because now like we just talked about our conversation about Falcon and Winter Soldier about how you like the incorporation of um, Sam's like, you know, flight and fighting style, how there's real thought put into fight choreography um, and you're seeing that in a lot of productions now um, like this could be a really great time to have a, a really fun Mortal Kombat film Um And then one was announced and we saw a trailer and the trailer wasn't bad. And then like, you know, people were excited and then the film came out and then we watched it and now we're about to talk about it. And I don't know where to go with it other than, um, I feel bad that I made Steve watch this.
0: (laughs) So uh, to start the conversation, I realized that after a month, of episodes in which we talked about everything from Freddy versus Jason to justice league to, um, well, clerks too, yes, but I don't know that that really applies to this conversation. Um, Godzilla vs. Kong. I realized that it puts me in a very odd position. Um, uh, my argument that with Freddy vs. Jason was, is it gave me what I wanted from it and I didn't expect much from it. And it was dumb, but fun. I then held that against Godzilla, and I, I incorrectly said that I shouldn't have used this phrase. I, I said that I wish it would have been dumber, uh, so it could have been more fun. It's plenty dumb. It's just so full of itself and up its own butt, trying to be more complicated than it needs to be. That it up, loses up its, its own fun. butt like a grenade shaped. Yes,
1: thing. <laughs> a Kong
0: sized grenade. Oh man! All right. Yeah. <laughs> um. With this, I realize that there's not a lot of water that I can hold making criticisms because my my big complaint with this film is, is that, uh, you know, it, it wants to have its cake and eat it, too. It's big and dumb, but it's also not very fun, which I think is part of the problem um, with Kong as well. But it's not like it's trying to be Kong versus Godzilla, like Kong versus Godzilla felt like it was trying to be a serious movie like it wanted to be this big serious epic movie i
1: think i think epic's the right word i don't know if serious (laughs) is the right word but i think epic i I mean to be fair like i mean i I mean i know i know what you mean like it's trying to be like this is a blockbuster this is you know the reason you go to the films to get to the you know the your brain's blown out of the back of your head because it's a spectacle it wanted to be a big like fun spectacle,
0: like I don't and, know if I don't you know if you serious you is the right term for that. Even Justice League had this thing of uh, this pretense of like this is what a superhero movie should be. It should be this super adult and and you know you shouldn't have any fun during four hours. Like <laughs> Yeah, it, if, if you <laughs> see a hot
1: dog, you just put it in your pocket. You save it for later. You can't have it now.
0: Use it to get your job at the pet store. <laughs> Um, (laughs) that said, I, I, I watched this movie and, and I, I, said this to you before we started recording, but the biggest complaint that I had was, is that they literally just decided to write one character and no one else got to have a personality, um, Kano in the film. And I've, I've mentioned this, uh, on my Facebook. Um, but the actor who plays Kano is a gentleman by the name of, uh, oh, I just lost it. Josh Lawson. It right Josh Lawson. He was one of the he actually also won the Josh bo- battle. That's true. Um, with the pool noodles. But he was a character named Tate, the pharmacist on Superstore, and he was really good on that. And when I realized it was him, I was like, oh, I'm like, this makes sense. He's a funny character and he's got like loads of personality and like we're finally moving. And then it was like right after that point, the movie just said yeah, we're not going to bother developing any other characters or giving them personalities. And that's where I was just like, Oh, like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know a better way to put it, but I was just like, so one character gets to be fun. I get it. All right. Let's no, go and, back to If it
1: wasn't for Kano, this film would not, there would be nothing here, which, so I, when I say that there is the gentleman who played sub zero, uh, Joe Talsam, Talsam. I'm, I'm, it's T A S L I M. He is, um, He's an amazing martial arts actor. Uh, he has been in the raid. Uh, I would also recommend he like, looks like he's star Trek beyond. I didn't know who he was in that. I apologize. Maybe. Cause I know some of the, some of the, you know, star Trek, you're wearing prosthetics, maybe I didn't recognize him from that. Uh, but there's a amazing, amazing film. It's on, on Netflix. It's a, it came out in 2018 called the night comes for us. He's like the mm-hmm. main lead in it. And if you want to see a film in which this guy just like, it, it's, it's a Yakuza film, so it's like, you know, you can't trust anybody, double crosses, but it's like they give every reason to be like, oh, well, here's 20 guys now. Someone's getting screwed up hard. It's a really great film, but it almost makes you like numb towards the end of like, how much more violence can I take? But he's great at it. And when I saw that he was sub-zero, I'm like, cool, this is going to be really cool. No pun intended about him being sub-zero, but I like him. And I think he actually brings a little bit of menace to the character, but you don't know his motivation other than he hates the one family and that's it. That's it. He doesn't like them. And also, uh, <laughs> he, um, he can, he can really just chill your drinks real quickly.
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, he's very much like, uh, Iceman in X-Men two when he, uh, cools down that Dr. Pepper. <laughs>
1: well, and also like, uh, was it Hiroki Hiroyuki, uh, Sundata, Sanada, i i apologize he was the gentleman who played a uh, hanzo uh, uh that we saw at the beginning that he was being murdered by sub-zero and he eventually spoiler becomes scorpion um i like him too because i believe he was one of the leads in sunshine uh which yeah he was that he was also in uh the wolverine um which that's actually not a bad film if you've not seen that the the one before logan the wolverine's not bad um I was excited to see him too, because I liked, I liked him a lot in sunshine. Um, and I was really hoping there'd be more for both of these guys. Sub zero gets a lot of screen time. Don't get me wrong, but motivation wise, other than I'm angry and I'm immortal and I'm doing the
0: bidding of another guy. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I agree. And actually there are, uh, you know, they, they make a small attempt with Jax and Sonya blade <laughs> to give them a little bit of, <laughs> a, a, of a Sorry. personality. <laughs> Uh, the, the guy playing Jax, uh, his name is uh, McCod Brooks, and uh, he's actually – he's been in a couple qu- things that I liked. Um, he was Jimmy Olsen on Supergirl, the uh, CW series. Nice. Um, he's He was on True Blood, which is uh, something I watched with my wife. Um, I didn't really realize that it was him watching this. But I also kind of realized that like he didn't really have much to do other than just show up and have his arms ripped off. (laughs) Like, yeah, I hate to say that, but, you know, he's taken out within the first 20 minutes of the movie and then we come back to him, I don't know, 20 minutes later and he's got his robotic arms. And he has a few moments where uh, like wait, no, no, no. Arms.
1: they're not robotic arms. They're like a rector set arms. Let, uh-huh. Let's let's just get. To, yeah. He got his arms frozen off and actually a decent fight with uh, sub zero, which let's just like, uh, like I I'm, I know we're going to go over the place with this. When, um when we see him, when we see sub zero in like today's, you know, world going out from what was it? Out out world. That was it. Yeah. It's out world. Right? Yeah, out world. Yeah, um, because the whole thing is like, uh, was it Shang soon is like, nah, I know we've won the last nine tournaments and this 10th one would give us domain over earth because, uh, outworld is just a gravel pit. That's all outworld is, is just one big, like, Hey, you guys looking for some, like some loose gravel for your, you know, for, I don't know. Like, it's just, I feel like it's one of those places you drive by. It's like, I just see a bunch of big trucks just moving rocks all over the place. That's outworld. Um, it's
0: like the, we, the way I yeah. thought of it was as, uh, and we could talk a little bit more yeah. about this uh, as we get into the discussion. But it reminded me of any time that there was an after credit scene showing someone talking to Thanos, <laughs> yeah. or uh, yeah, uh, yeah, you yeah. Know, they're just sort of in this void where they're on like a asteroid, and there's colors behind them, yeah. and that's about it.
1: Yeah. So, so Tsung was in Gravel World, and he was like, "Listen, if we win the tenth tournament, we can go to not Gravel World." But he's like, you know, we're bad guys, so we're gonna we're gonna screw with everything and make sure that Earth doesn't have any fighters. So they send some zero or a tournament, or a tournament, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But uh, yeah, yeah, because the tournament's coming, and he's not allowed to interfere with the tournament. That doesn't like I like how it's like I like how he's bending the rules of like. Well, I mean, once the tournament starts, we gotta we gotta play it straight. But nothing says that we can't mess with people before the tournament. Like how how would that be if like the week of the Brown Steelers game that like Thursday the Steelers showed up. And just kneecapped everybody and be like, sorry, it's not during the game. You can't hold us against us. Like, what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you know, like preemptive striking everybody. It's like, oh, I guess we're like, there now. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh with uh with that, yeah. So sub zero, like the first time he shows up near the diner, that's actually a pretty cool sequence. And, like, I like that, like, the snow happens and everyone's like, oh, it's snowing in July. And he certainly, like, turns that all into, like, just projectiles and starts at, like, just laying waste. It's like, okay, that's cool. And then until we get to the actual final fight between him and Scorpion, we don't get any more inventiveness from any of the fights. And people are going to argue with me about that, but, like, I feel like this was a movie that had, like, you, you it's just, I'm sure as you as a writer and creator, you get like these like blossoms of like, wouldn't that look cool, but you got to hang things to it and chain it together to make it make sense.
0: Sure. I, I think that the, so the, the one other thing that made me smile during the movie was, uh, um, I can't remember if it's Luke Kang who has the hat.
1: Oh no, that's, uh, that, that's, uh, that's Luke Kang's cousin. That is, uh, a constant pouty
0: face. Um, a Kung Lao okay yeah. yeah um you know he has a, a a uh i guess he called a fatality at the end of uh his match where uh he literally pushes the guy th- well he doesn't does, does no, he it's throw in through it, he, it he or, thro- or does he he
1: throws the hat on the ground the hat yeah. spins independently and uh natara which is her name the winged woman that we don't know like she is her backstory is amazing which is nothing at all and she swoops in and he moves out of the way and
0: she uh uh, she log jams herself against that that hat and gets cut in two. which is weird because it's it's a highlight for me in the film and I couldn't even remember how it occurred. I'm like, yeah, it's like a, a like a a giant saw, but it's his hat, and I'm like, but I don't remember how we get there. I just remember being <laughs> like, oh, that's cool. Um, but then you hear him be like, flawless victory.
1: It's like, no, just just come on. <laughs> like just, like that's what I okay. So we could talk about the mechanics of the film, right, in terms of like we could get A to B, and it's not it's not great. Um, and I understand that like, I didn't like the shoehorning in of like, if you're going to do it ironically, I guess that's fun in terms of like, so-and-so wins or whatever, but it's like, like Kato at one point is like Kato wins after he fought, um, the invisible lizard man that, that attacked him in the trailer park. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what was going on there, but anyway, uh, it's like I get it. Like, we're watching Mortal Kombat. Anybody watching this movie that's coming here for the video game knows about all that stuff. Like, what else are you going to include in the video game? That like the press start to continue? Or are you going to have the choose your fighter screen? Like, you don't have to have every element of a game in it to get across why you love the game. That's I guess that's my point.
0: I also think, and again, I, I realize that this is something that could easily be debated um so it's not an absolute but i think that people are sometimes too slavish to the video game and i i say that knowing full well that like comic book movies i'm like just read the comics and go from there like but with video game movies it it seems like a trap that they fall into is is that they're so interested in bringing these visuals that people already love from video games into the movie that they're like either they don't worry about if it makes sense or why it happens and it doesn't feel natural or, or organic to the story or is just even something that works cinematically. Like yeah. I, I've not seen doom, but I know that there's like a 20 minute sequence. Um, cause I remember when the movie came out, that was all that was talked about. It's like, Oh, it's like 20 minutes of watching somebody play the video game. I'm like, great. <laughs> like why, why wouldn't I, I just want to play the video game yeah i don't like, need a
1: first person movie i mean i guess there's there i guess it can work because uh i've not seen hardcore henry which um that was two weeks ago i watched that guy's other film nobody with uh, bob odenkirk which i did not talk about last week and it's amazing but hardcore henry is all from like first person perspective right but that wasn't based upon a video game it was based upon like a video game idea in terms of that perspective and like how can you how can you mess with the audience
0: right? So a little different approach than Doom. But I'm saying that in the sense of trying to stay true to the video game sometimes, it's like it hurts the movies, in my opinion, because you you can't play a movie. You know, you can play a video game and you're immersed in the story. So really, if you're going to make a cinematic version of something that somebody can already play and, and inject themselves into, you need to come up with something very fun and compelling. I'm not saying get rid of what's Loved about the video games, but just don't include it so people are like, Did you hear that? He said the thing that he says in the video game. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's so. That's what I was going to get to here. Aside from the fact that you pointed out very, very specifically that this film is called Mortal Kombat, and they talk about this great tournament called Mortal Kombat that's been whispered, whispered amongst like all of history called Mortal Kombat. And the only, the only fun thing about that is with the main character that he's the Cole Young. He's created new for the movie, which I'm okay with that. You know, if you're bringing another fighter. Like, Mortal Kombat has, like, 8,000 characters, which we're going to have a game with that at the end, like I said. If you're going so, to bring someone... Quick sorry, go question ahead, about yeah. Cole Young. I'm yeah. sorry. No, I, I interrupted please, you. Please, My please. apologies. No.
0: Did you think that he was going to turn into Scorpion at the yes, end of the movie? I I That's did. exactly what I thought was going to happen. <laughs> I so like, I guess, I don't know, give them props for it not happening, but also I was just like, okay oh it's got to be scorpion yeah i just okay yeah i thought that was what was going to
1: happen because it's like oh you have gold armor and also can fire things sometimes i don't anyway and you're also in the bloodline of the guy who's going to be who's going to be scorpion i just i just i keep my voice keeps going higher when i talk about it i don't know why um so yeah you're right i i didn't know but uh the bit whatever um was <laughs> what it uh Sonya blade uh who uh Look like uh, they're like you know it'd be pretty cool if we could find someone that could be like a stand-in for uh, Charlie Theron, but like we don't have to pay for Charlie Theron, and also not have an actress that is as good as Charlie Theron. Anyway, when she's like talking about all the stuff with like the big string board in her trailer park, I like that uh, Cole is like, "Is like really this?" He's like, "It's not even spelled right." It's like that's the energy I wanted from this movie because that joke and Kano, if that's if you're going to make this like utterly like just ridiculous then do that where you kind of make fun of the notion of it and you can have the bad guys take it all seriously and have stakes. But I think that's where the fun could have been because either it's going to either be that or you get into something like super gritty where like, not that we need um, every movie to be like a bummer, like Zack Snyder's justice league. But uh, I think the justice league inherently, you you have hopeful characters. So there should be some hope in that goddamn movie here it's like if you're going to make it gritty and for the fate of the world and have these like these characters come in and fight to the death you then could you could either either make it fun or like gritty right but don't keep wobbling like this thing like the the logic and the emotion would have some fun stuff sometimes but not enough others and not enough weight to anything in terms of like the gravity of the situation and um in terms of the video game translation of this I understand that you're walking into this with this this expectations of everyone's like I love Mortal Kombat I hope they have all my favorite characters in it it's like um not that I need to heap praise upon Marvel but like when they announced their initial plan of like guys we're going to do four movies and then the Avengers I don't need like seven different Mortal Kombat films but at least call your shot of like hey I know you guys like these guys Give it time. You'll appreciate what happens in the end. Here, it was like, we're going to put people in here. We're going to have Melina uh, where we see her uh, with her, you know, bloody mouth. And we and we eventually find out that she has like fangs and she has Psy, um that she attacks with. But we don't know who she is. Like, um, I don't know. Like, there's no development, like you said. So the bad how are guys to- are yeah. bad guys. Don't you yeah, get it? They're just bad guys. Yeah. Right. But that's when, when I made the comment on, uh, you know, a friend of the show, Nathaniel's, uh, Facebook page, the guy, one well, of the coast hosts of At the Devil's Ball, when I said this is like a shitty, uh, R-rated version of Master's Universe. Um, I mean, in that sense of like, when you got the henchmen that showed up, it's like, they look kind of cool, but what are they all about? I guess we don't know. Um, and also it's like, there's a lot of stuff that takes place in like trailer parks and gyms. Like, do you remember the, do you remember that really famous Mortal Kombat level that was like the training gym with the <laughs> boxing ring in the background? Do you remember that really famous Mortal Kombat level that was the meth trailer? Do you remember those, those levels? I, I do. Remember the gravel pit? Like, <laughs> do you remember, do you remember the temple that Raiden uh, was hanging out at that was just a cave or something? Do you remember that, that level? You know,
0: like, anyway. I do know that this is also going to contradict what I said earlier about the first Mortal Kombat, the 1995 film, uh, where I was talking about how cheap it looked and how bad the special effects were. But there was part of me that watching this, I kept going, why is Bloodsport with Jean-Claude Van Damme so much more compelling than this? It's 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 it's, it's not a great movie by any means, but it's far better than Mortal Kombat. It is. I mean, aside from the, oh.
1: the, the the 40 minute flashback and a flashback at the beginning of that film, um, <laughs> yeah. the idea of him going, like, cause he's being like forced into this tournament and it's like, in, the, in the, and was it wasn't the, not the forbidden city, but I know it was like this whole like underground thing, right? All of this. Um, how great would that have been to have that kind of style of tournament? And then if, if you don't want to show the actual Mortal Kombat tournament, and at the end, he wins. And then all of a sudden, like, Raiden shows up. It's like, hey, thanks for being the best Earth's got. Now we're going to Graveland." Like, how much crazier would that film have been if Jean-Claude's like, what? I just, like, I just fought this guy blind. And now you're telling me this is for the fate of the universe? I'm in. <laughs> like, how much better would that film
0: have been? I don't it, know. It, it would have been so much fun. And uh, there's really great choreography in this. I can't take away from that. But I'm I, I also kind of, like... You know, we're all just waiting to see what special effect they're going to use to finish the match. So it's like maybe take that element out of it and have some some real just honest to God, like choreographed fights that don't end in a fatality or somebody using a power to get out of it. Yeah, which and-
1: I, that's at the beginning when you saw, um, like, the initial, like, that's also, they're setting up, like, this blood feud between uh, Sub-Zero and the man that would eventually become Scorpion. Like, that sequence is actually pretty cool. Like, their fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's actually pretty inventive at, at times, right? And, like, and that's somehow supposed to be a through line for the movie. And it doesn't really work for me in terms of emotional because one of them, the, all the one of them just sits in, like, fire and taunts uh, his, like, great, 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 great grandson. <laughs> I don't know. He's like, <laughs> Hey. <laughs> One day, you know, like I'm on fire. I'll be there soon. I don't know why I'm wearing a cloak. This is, You think this would be not appropriate fireworks. You think I'd be more sweaty in here, but I don't know. Anyway, that whole fight sequence at the beginning, even though we already knew that um, Sub-Zero had ice powers, I thought that was actually like, okay, if this is the movie you're going to get, I'm kind of down for
0: it. And then we didn't get that movie. I agree. I, and I, I, I do wonder, you know, when you're writing a script like this, because I, 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 I know that, you know, there are certain writers that I've heard who have literally said, like, uh, you know, that when writing scripts, you know, they try not to block too much or they try not to give too much information so the director's free to do what they want to do. But I'm wondering, just based on how much fighting is in this movie and the little amount of characterization there is, like, I wonder... What the page count was on the script and what was described. Like, I I don't mean that as a slight against the writer, in the sense that, like, you know, they're getting paid to do this and they don't want to step on the toes because it is beautifully choreographed. It it looks nice. It's, it just lacks emphasis because you don't care about the characters and you know how it's kind of going to play out. Uh, So, I just I can't help but wonder, like, if if maybe it would have (sighs) been. A lower budget approach maybe not be the right way to say it, but like a more street level approach to some of the characters might have been a better idea.
1: I agree with that. Like I mean, like this is like well, like like a character like Iron Fist would be like perfect in there, right? Like you you got the martial arts and then then the Iron Fist. Like not them saying that you need but you know, I'm thinking about like the 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 Netflix Marvel stuff, like like Daredevil, where it's like you know they have abilities, but it's all street level. Like I think I would be all about that because the whole notion of like the oddly specific birthmark being passed <laughs> amongst everybody, like I get that you got to get from A to B sometimes to be like, well, this is why they're in the tournament. It's like okay, I guess, or they just got invited. I don't know. Like, is there like a, a March Madness for Mortal Kombat where it's like okay, everybody, show me what you got, like blood sport, right? Um, but I like the bit whenever Sonia shows up after you know her um dismissing of Kano, and then all of a sudden she has like uh um what was it? She could fire purple rings out of her forearms and she's like, yeah, pretty cool, huh? I'm like, where'd that come from? Like I know that's in the video <laughs> game, but like how'd you figure that out? Cause this is okay, that's the thing. They talk about this thing called it, was it Akana? Where it's like with once you've been marked with the dragon, you you have special abilities or whatever. Um and it's like, we got to figure out what your guys' special abilities are. So there's a lot of superhero origin story in this with some of the fighters. Um, and I know she's been feeding to get in, but it's like, how did she figure that out from the get go? Like, Oh man, my arms are purple. Guess I could shoot them now. Like it just, there was no explanation for that. Uh, Jax. Um, this is the part of the movie where I just completely checked out. Like in terms of like, all right, this is like, it's one thing to turn your brain off. It's another just to have somebody be punching you in the brain and telling you like this. Jax has a rector set arms after his arms get ripped off. We don't explain how they work. And Sonia's like convincing them to be like, you got to work the speed bag and you know, and you got your rector set arms. And I, it would have been even better if they would have had him like, like trying to pick up like, um, like small prizes out of a, like a box, like a claw machine and him just missing <laughs> every time. Cause that's pretty much that these arms are just, they're ridiculously puny. And then he's like, but why am I even here? And there's a bit where he has to lift up a rock and his Akana erupts and somehow his special ability is to get like beefy technology-based arms. Like how how is that a special ability to wish technology into existence? Like he has 20 Stark arms now. Like where'd that, ha- where'd that come from? Like I understand it's like, it's just, you just got to let you, let it go. It's like, no, I call bullshit on that. Like, <laughs> you just can't, you just can't wait. Like if it was like, if they, if he would have suddenly got like Colossus arms or something, meaning like, you know, like his rector said arms would have fallen off and he would have had new arms grow in his place, like swamp thing. And they would have been like covered in metal. It still would have been bullshit, but at least I've been like, oh, he found the power within as opposed to, um, technology just appeared like, I don't
0: garbage, <laughs> pure garbage. <laughs> Look, I, I'll, I, I agree. I, I'll admit that, you know, Thanos being able to snap half of reality out of existence is just as big of a, like, hey, those, you, you could call that to carpet if you, the, if you, really those, those are to.
1: science gems. Those that's real. No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the point is, is that that event is built up to and spent a lot of time. And it, and even an explanation is is offered. I guess is the best way of putting it um, as to why that that's possible. Uh, we don't get any of that here, and it's it's interesting because I feel like this movie is made in an era where they want it to be like we we can't do this low budget. We've got to step it up. We've got to play at you know the Marvel slash DC level and. It's like okay, you guys kind of took the wrong lessons from the Marvel movies. You, you, you the reason the Marvel movies work is is because they get you to care about the characters. I never care about anyone other than Kano, and he's a villain. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. Um, it's, uh, I'm glad he like. I
1: could just watch just the, the half hour film of just Kano. I, I'm fine with that. That's all I need now. Um, but yeah, like, uh, yeah, he was the only one that actually got to have any fun or actually do anything in the film. Um, but like if you, if you figure out like, okay, well, Jax is a character that he's now in the tournament and he has like, you know, robotic arms or whatever, like you and I could sit in a room for a day and I think it would come up with like 10 better ways to get there and it's you and I, you know, like we're not steeped mm-hmm. in this organ. Like that's all, that's like, I think, um, I think you and I have talked about before and I brought up the point of like, regardless of how, like how big a budget is, it, it costs the amount of money to write the script. And in this case, um, they thought this was going to be the best answer. Like it's just cause also too, when you talk you talked about like, also like how much do you write for the fights, right? The, the, the final fight between Scorpion sub zero is actually kind of cool. Again, no pun intended. I don't know why it's taking place in the ice gym, but whatever. Um, so there, there's, there's sequences, like whenever, like he, like sub draws blood out of, um, out of the scorpion and freezes it into like a knife and stabs him and makes the ice sword and makes the ice double. It's like, these are all kind of inventive things that I'm sure that's in the video game that are all organic as best can be between two immortal ninjas fighting it out. I thought that was fun. That was actually inventive and fun. Uh, magic robot arms, not fun. Um, but like, <laughs> it's just. And also, like, there's also this weird logic, too. Like, you mentioned, like, there's a tournament coming. We never see the tournament. Uh, Liu Kang was tasked with finding all of the the dragon warriors or whatever, bringing them to this temple. Um, how many did he find? He found Jax. Someone found Jax and brought him to the cave. Everybody else came to him. Like, that's not like, it was like, it's like, Paul, I'm tasked with finding the Holy Grail, and I just wait on my front porch. Well, it's going to show up eventually, right? Like, it's just, what is going on here? I'll wait. It'll come to me. That's yeah, how these things work, yeah. right? <laughs> like, what if you had what? If, like, all you got to do is like insert Luke Kang being the guy going around the world and finding the people, right? Like, make him like, um, like you know, um, Agent Coulson, you know, like it's just not that you hit the ape. All the Marvel stuff. I know I'm being a honk saying all that, but you know, if, if that's your character, that's already all bought in and is a true believer and has like fire powers and also that bicycle kick looked like garbage in that movie. By the way, I didn't like that when it happened, um, because that's one of his big moves. Um, it just. <laughs> You, you, there's ways to move these pieces around to make a much more satisfying film. And here, here's what I wanted to, to uh, you, you and I've already talked about like the problems of translating a video game to, to film. I mean, you and I haven't done that yet. I mean, you know, one day, maybe, I don't know. Um, we, we're going to make, we're going to make a Mario brothers film. That's going to be great about two plumbers that are just like on one uh, on drugs that go into pipes and chase people with, uh, wrenches or whatever. I don't know. Um, but, um, I think you take elements and what people love about a thing, but you don't have to translate every single thing. I think Marvel has done a, done a good job and DC to it like Wonder Woman and some other stuff where it's like you have this big dearth of information to pull from. Like where, where are the grace notes? What, what's the things you're passionate about? And if you have to, to change some of the approach because the format itself is different, then that's okay. Um, there was a story that came out today showing that, um, what's his name? Neil Druckerman, which I know you don't know who that is, but he was the, the video game director for the video games, the last of us and the last of us part two. There's a last of us series coming to HBO. And he talked about how, when that was originally going to be a film, he was like, there's too much action in this. They kept wanting to make it bigger. And he's like, that's, you know, he's like, there's a certain level of engagement that you have playing a video game where you need to teach the players, certain interactions and certain functions. So you have to have these areas. But he's like, we're making the story for a different medium. So we don't have to have these gameplay elements all the time. We can tell the story and get like to the heart of it. And his statement there kind of sums up how I feel about this, where it's like, I don't need um, an uppercut like into the nuts of somebody. I don't need, you know, like, I mean, sure. I know it's a move in the game. I also like that Kano was upset. They kept getting leg swept. He's like, is that the only move you know? I thought that was funny. Um, But, I think the people that were excited for this didn't consider that they're making a movie as opposed to a game that you can't play. I know I'm talking too long. I apologize. Please can Steve save me.
0: No, actually on that, that I had a very similar thought. I know I've mentioned mythic quest on the show before and, uh, Yes, it's an Apple TV show uh, or Apple Plus, whatever they're calling the streaming service, uh, which we currently have a free subscription to because we have all Apple products. But um, it is a really good show, so if it becomes available in other places, I would strongly recommend people check it out. But there's an episode um, about a writer. Well, it's not about a writer. It's about one of the, the main writer on the show um, talking to somebody who tests video games and, and plays the video games. And the testers like never watched any of the cutscenes. scenes. Now at the time I didn't realize that a cutscene was a scene that took place in between levels or beats in the story. I, I always just think of it in terms of film where it's a cut scene in the sense that like it, it was taken out of the movie, Oh, okay. but the whole, uh, Premise of the episode is of him, you know, going through and showing her various other like video games, like cutscenes, and trying to get an emotional response out of out of the tester who never watches them. And I, I, I'm not doing it justice by describing it. But what I can say here is, is that this feels very much. Like somebody who hasn't seen the cutscenes from anything, <laughs> and realize that there needs to be more story to it in order for the game to be, or for the movie to be something other than what the game is. Uh, I, I
1: agree. Like I, uh, someone I knew one time said they wanted to make like a, a grindhouse film, like a Tarantino-style film based upon Double Dragon, because the, the storyline of Double Dragon is two dudes seem to love the same woman. Someone walks up, punches her straight in the face and throws, throws her over their shoulder and runs away. And these two dudes are like, we're going to go find that woman. Like we're going to go save her. So we're going to beat everybody up in town. Like, Like, like that, that's that, like make that like, you know, like one guy wears red, one guy wears blue and they just fight everybody. Like that would be an amazing film. I don't think it'd be a good film, but I, you know, like, so sometimes it, you know, it is what it is in terms of like, you know, you're right. Like, I think I also think that these guys like whoever like put this together, I think they were aware of the greater lore, but it's just that they didn't have the wherewithal to kind of sift through like, all right, our lore is kind of weird. It's a video game. They keep adding characters. So whatever. Um, but let's get down to what, what makes this work, what appeals to people. And with that being said, um, I, I, I wandered into the internet, uh, like as I should not, and saw one of my friends posted a story about like what to expect in the sequel, and I was like nothing because they don't deserve it because Jacks wished arms into existence, and because that just tells me like you didn't get it, you didn't get what this was supposed to be, like you got parts of it, but you didn't get it, and mm-hmm. so this became a whole thing of like, well, you know, like so the the argument that came to me, it came to my doorstep was, well, there was a lot of fan service, and sometimes you got to turn your brain off. I'm like. So to you, Steve, I want to ask you like, um, wh- what do you define as fan service? And like, <laughs> I don't know, like to me, it's like, if I'm a fan of a thing and and it's like, Hey, you're already in the, th- you're already in the theater. You're watching this Batman movie. Like I, you know, wouldn't it be pretty cool if Christian Bale brought out a can of bat repellent spray? Oh, it's fan service. Like what, where, where, where does that go? Like as a fan of a thing that you like, wouldn't you be happier to have like a well-made product as opposed to just a nod and a wink. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm getting too old. Old man shakes fist at
0: cloud. <laughs> Fan service has just become an, an
1: uh, it's an all encompassing term that means nothing
0: anymore. Yeah. yeah. It, it That's exactly where, what I was going to try, what I was trying to say, but I couldn't get the words out. But you know, I, I get that, you know, there are hallmarks of the game that you want to include in the story. And I've made the argument, hell, going back to Freddy vs. Jason, I'm like, turn the brain off, have fun with it. I So I, I realize I can't use that against this, but I will say that, you know, just because I'm turning my brain off doesn't mean that I, I can't think critically about the film as a whole. Like, I can, I can t- turn my brain off and enjoy plenty of movies that are bad. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I can, I can, you know, walk away from those experiences and be like, oh, well, it's terrible, but I was able to enjoy it because of this. And I, I realize also that I think that, at least from the response that I've seen online from people, it does seem to be that you and I may be in the minority. I, I could be wrong. I didn't look at, like, critical ratings, but just people that I've seen post about it seem to be really hyped about it. So, I... I don't know. Perhaps I don't have, I'm not coming at it in the, the correct uh, way because I've made, you know, this is where I fight with myself in my brain right now. there's Steve, Steve, versus Steve fighting it out. Fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Tality. Uh, so I, I guess, well, the fan service thing, I think is just bullshit. It's just become too easy of a, of a, either criticism or a reason that people give for liking things you know um you could say that you know thor picking or i'm sorry thor captain america picking up or catching milner and going after thanos with it is fan service sure maybe but it's an earned moment and it's amazing when it happens in the film it's a moment that even now two years after the movies come out like I think of that movie or I think of that moment and I, I just want to get up and cheer every time I see it. So like, is that fan service? I guess, but it's earned. Yeah.
1: So I, I mean, see, I, seeing all the women do the action shot where it's like, well, why is Gwyneth Paltrow here for a second? I don't know. Like, I liked that. It was good to show the women of Marvel on that, but it's like, that was probably, I don't know. That felt a little like, ah, huh? <laughs> you know, but whatever. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, it was still great. I just, that was leaning a little closer to what I'm like, yeah, I don't know about this. But, that, but again, uh, I'm not trying that to be angry service? man talking about female parts. Uh, no, but would you call a that fan s- service? That's a bad sentence. I didn't mean to say anyway. But yeah, I just, like, um, just, I don't know. It would almost be like, um, oh, it would be like whenever a film, like, refers to its, like, its own title. Like, when you have, like, stuff happen where I'd be like, I would call this a case of Mortal Kombat or whatever, you know, like they do. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I don't know, man. Like just, I think, I think you can still have cool things. And like, I think Mortal Kombat's a fun idea. I think you could have, uh, you know, just there's so many characters to pull from. I think there could be a really cool street fighter film too. Uh, not the one that was made. Um, that literally ends on an action pose of everybody like taking their, their action hero strike poses, and it freeze frames. It says street fighter. It's one of the dumbest endings ever. And it's amazing at, at how bad it is. Uh, but like, it's just, I feel like video game films haven't had that that um, that Superman Donner or that uh, Batman 89 moment yet, right? Where it's like, um, like, oh, you can do this and people will still like it and they may not know the source material, but it communicates a story that you want to get across and it's enjoyable for everybody.
0: I don't so think we've this, had that yet. This might be a shitty thing to say since I am all about comic book movies, but... Do we need video game movies? Like is like is the experience? And again, I realize you could immediately say, well, isn't the experience of reading a comic better than the movie? Yeah, in a lot of cases it is. And I've seen where a movie can be as enjoyable or more enjoyable than the comic that I read. But with video games, like it's a totally immersive experience. It's completely different from a film. And I I can't help but wonder if, you know, maybe somebody's going to crack the code, you know, and maybe it's not about just having a good story and good special effects and good acting and and all the ingredients that you need. Maybe maybe there's something more to it. And that's what somebody needs to figure out. But uh, I don't know, I. and and i don't mean this in the old man way where i'm like oh it's based on a video game i'm not interested like i don't mean that at all i just mean that like they're two separate things and if you're adapting one for the other if you're gonna do it at all you're probably going to have to be like what makes the cinematic and how do we keep that in the movie but make it a compelling movie on its own so that it's not like Anybody who hasn't played the video game or doesn't know about Mortal Kombat going, this is not great. Like I, yeah, you know what I mean. No, like, no, you're you right. To- so I,
1: I, I would argue that I think that if, if if somebody feels that the story is worth telling, it's compelling, and they feel like they can reach a different audience, and because it was originally a video game that told an interesting story, like The Last of Us, or um, here I'll even give you a, a reverse engineer example. Um, Have you seen the film, the warriors
0: uh, from the late seventies with uh, the gangs and everything or no, you know, the, so the warriors is a movie that I feel like I saw as a kid, but I don't have fun. I don't have memories of it. So that's fine. But um, it's one that I should probably revisit because there have been many movie that I've firmly been under the belief that I've seen and then found out I have. not So the warriors is fun. It's like, it's not perfect and it's a little, it's a little goofy at
1: times too. However, uh Rockstar Games this was oh, like a long time ago now because it was originally for PlayStation 2 and Xbox um Rockstar uh which they're the ones behind uh, Grand Theft Auto like they're a pretty big deal they decided to make a game about the warriors so what they did was like we love this movie let's make a video game about it so they asked themselves a the question of like hey what makes this movie work and what can we do to make a video game? So they looked at the, the movie in which it is the warriors as a gang going to the big um, meeting of all the gangs in New York. Right. And then uh, the leader that's trying to combine all the gangs gets shot by um, another rival gang, but they pin it on the warriors. So the warriors that night, and this is the plot of the movie. So spoilers, they have to somehow get their way from that, that meeting back to Coney Island to their home turf over the course of one night while going through all this hostile gang territory because everybody thinks they're the ones that shot the big leader, right? So interesting idea because they don't have guns on them because everything was being given up because it was supposed to be a, like this no-gun zone while all the gangs were together. And so they keep running across these different theme gangs like the Baseball Furies and the Orphans and all that. So there's a lot there. It's like, okay, cool. So what Rockstar did was, well, that's the end of our game let's, let's tell the stories of the warriors leading up to it. So they actually did a game that uh, goes to this whole campaign of them expanding their turf from Coney Island out and fighting a couple of different gangs. And you learn about the characters. So they actually like they, they took the lessons of what they liked about the movie and then incorporated it into a video game. Um, in terms of reception, it was well received in terms of like fun and vibe and story. Uh, and they even brought back some of the original actors to do their voices that where they could. Uh, but like they adapted it to the to, to the um to the format to make an interesting game mechanically it didn't do the best like it also didn't sell very well in terms of like other rock star properties but i think that's i think that's the answer to your question of the reverse engineering of going from cinematic to gameplay experience and i think there's the way to do that alchemy and reverse
0: it okay yeah and again i'm not i'm certainly not coming at this like i have all the answers but i it's just one of those things where i'm like you know is (laughs) in a world where there are so many different movies that can come out you know and we haven't really cracked and it's it's not like it's a a video games aren't their own genre they're a type of media so you have all types of different video games uh you know, I know that, uh, resident evil is vastly different from the video game. And I, but I don't know anybody who's like ever said, I'd rather watch the movie than play the video game.
1: <laughs> it's funny. Cause I've never seen a resident evil film. I I'll be honest. Uh, and I know Netflix is actually releasing an animated, like a, like a nicely animated, uh, um, resident evil series. Mm. Um, so that'll be interesting. Uh, the Castlevania animated series on Netflix is great. Um, and that's a good adaptation of that, like of the ideas of that. Um, but in terms of like a full blown film, I don't know. Like, I think, I think it's, I think it could happen. Um, I also hate that the default setting is, well, it's a video game movie. What are you going to do? It's like, yeah, that, that was the default setting for comic book movies for a long time. Mm -hmm. Things have changed now. Right. So I think we as, um, as fans and as viewers, um, people that were going to put down our money, whether it is for a streaming service or go to the theater and pay our money for a film. I, I think, I think we're all smarter and we should give ourselves some credit and expect more. And, but I, one of the arguments that was launched at me that really just kind of just grinded my gears was like, well, did you see mortal combat annihilation? It's like, yeah, I get it. Like, I don't think comparing terrible to bad doesn't make bad look better than terrible. You know what I'm like? It's just, Like, you know, like, hey, it's like, you know, you weren't a fan of Captain America, the first Avenger. Did you see the TV movies or did you see the one like the the direct to video one? It's better than that. It's like that. Great. They all exist on their own and they should be judged on their own. You know, like it's it's. I don't like comparing things of like, well, this existed before. It's the best we're going to get. Like then in that case, you're lowering your expectations. And if you feel better about that, that's fine. But I don't I don't think that gives points to something still
0: falling on its keys. That's me. Batman Begins doesn't work because Batman and Robin was terrible. You know what I mean? I agree. Like, no, you're right. Because uh, was... like, where were the surfboards in Batman Begins? I don't know. I don't... <laughs> there, there's no, there's no reason that just because you've gotten a shitty version of something previously that it should elevate the version that you're watching. <laughs> you, you can, you can you... make the argument of like, yeah, better special effects, better fight choreography, absolutely. Yeah. But beyond that, is it a better movie overall? Maybe incrementally, but it's not like, well, this is as good as it's going to get. So let's like, let's, I kind of want to go
1: back and watch that first Mortal Kombat film to see if they actually got like the wisps of the characters. Correct. You know, (laughs) like at least, at least I feel like, you know, if they, at at least they got closer to some of the characterizations of what I remember from the video game, but whatever, like just. It's fine. Even if you change, like Kano, like I, Kano was great in this movie. And I, I just, I just, I wish whatever, whatever movie he was in, that the rest of the film was in that movie with him. Because that would oh, have been absolutely. amazing. Would have been so much goddamn fun. Like just, because he was breaking, not breaking the fourth wall, but like, even like dealing with Raiden and he just gets like shocked. He's like, I didn't hear half of what you just said. It's like, yeah, he just got electrocuted. Amazing. Makes me wonder how much of that was ad libbed
0: right and then you know he's the whole thing about like oh what, what do i get like laser eyes or he says something like what are my superpowers like yeah. he even just like comes right out and says it like yeah it's fun and and it, yeah i don't know like also i
1: kind of point out to one no tournament uh two uh whenever we learn that um also by the way i like i like the, the main character uh that we had uh what's his name um Oh, coming, uh, Cole Young. I didn't mind his character. I thought he was okay, and I think Lewis Tan did an okay job with it. When we find out his power is basically that he can get the shit beat out of him, and like, kind of like return that energy, kind of like a Black Panther suit. Right? You see it used one time, and then it's never utilized again. Also, can I point out that um, his whole thing is saying, "Hey guys, we're going to split up and take out all these other guys, and then we're going to face Sub Zero as a team." That never happened. <laughs> like. <laughs>
0: Right. Well, that never happens. And also, I I know that they're trying to get you to be uh, sympathetic for him or invest in him because he has a wife and a kid. And they're, they're also trying to plug that through line that you were just talking about, like the beginning of the film. The first time we see him, he's he's, uh, you know, getting ready for a fight uh, in some sort of I don't know underground tournament that isn't mortal Kombat. like maybe i would have preferred that movie better um but you know there are people betting on it or whatever long story short the whole idea is is that like he's the guy who shows up to get the shit kicked out of him for two hundred dollars like that's that's the the through line which is fine but it doesn't really endear the character to us like it doesn't it doesn't get us to be like yay i'm I'm in it for this guy. And like, at no point did I ever think his wife and kid were ever in danger. Well, I, I do. I also liked that. They gave her a little bit of agency of like, Hey, there's that four arm guy out by the,
1: the woodshed. I'm going to attack him. Like I thought <laughs> that was at least they gave her a moment to distract the, the, you know, the Goro that was attacking there. Um, it's just, that also felt weirdly. Like, I'm sorry, go ahead. You know,
0: uh, 20 minutes in, you know, instead of Jack's getting his arms broken off, like, you know, uh, sub zero shows up, and just freezes both his wife and kid and then, like, does a, you know, Terminator 2 and just, like, hits it and they fall apart. Yeah. Like, he'd be like, oh, my God, what just happened? Yeah. You wouldn't see that coming, and it would make you at least invest a little bit more in his character. But, no, you just – I'm never worried that something's not going to – that that his wife and kid aren't going to be okay. That's fair. I also
1: like uh, there was the that bit after the big fight with Sub Zero in the ice gym when Liu Kang came in. He was like, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll warm you guys up. It's fine. It's like, no, they're, they're, they have to be dead, right? They have to be frozen. They're dead. But anyway, the wife and kid are okay. But I like, I believe that, he uses a towel. Yeah. But yeah, right. But also, did you notice that at the very end of the film, whenever Cole was like cleaning out his locker and the one guy's like, oh, you back in the fight? He's like, yeah, kinda. And then it's like, that's the same gym that was there during the, the fight. It's like, that interior of wherever they're at, that building is now destroyed because of the freezing of water damage. How is like nothing's good again? How is this possible? <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> like it is bad, right? But I also like that whenever uh Raiden's like, no, soon, like the, the tournament's not yet. And then I just whatever. Anyway, it's just ugh.
0: I just go, so okay, please. My last question about the movie is is that uh so first of all i'll just put it out there there's no after credit sequence which i thought for sure there would be introducing a very big character who's missing from the movie but i thought for sure that like there would be some sort of like can you imagine like if they just revealed at like the end of the movie that like johnny cage is actually you know going to be played by um you know somebody like a um i don't know like a hugh jackman or or somebody that you're ryan Reynolds and you're like oh my god are you kidding me like this is who who Johnny Cage would be in this this movie. Somebody with personality, like I, I, I don't know. Like I, I can't help but wonder. Like they left Johnny Cage out for a reason, and I'm wondering what that reason is. So that's the question I'm posing to so, you. I
1: just know that uh, I saw a story um, that uh, the Miz from WWE, which I think you know the Miz. If you don't know the Miz, you should look him up. He's from Parma. Uh, he's a great heel character, and he's he's been working in the WWE for quite a while. He was like. Why am I not Johnny Cage? And like the director's like, you yeah, know, good call. So if The Miz is being cast as Johnny Cage in the sequel, I can't help but I'm gonna watch the goddamn movie because I think the Miz is great. Uh because his whole his whole his whole gimmick in the WWE is that he is an actor, he's a film star, and like his entrance is always like you hear this this music where it's says like quiet on set, and he always comes in like this, like he's the entertainer. Like he's Johnny Cage. Like he like Like I know he's not like this A list like like you know uh, like Ryan Reynolds, but no, I I would hold my attention big there. No, but you know what I mean, though. Yeah. (laughs) Um. So I mean, I don't mind that they didn't like include everybody because you can't, right? But so here, here I'm going to put this to you as we're going to wrap this up here. Um. So the director of this, uh, Simon uh, uh, McQuid McQuoid, only film he's directed, he did a lot of uh, commercial work and got um, some awards for that. So you can see that here. Um. Like one of the four writers for this film, but that's not necessarily true either because there's a lot of credits by because of characters. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the writers is named a gentleman named Dave Callahan. Um, he has 17 writing credits in terms of uh, scripts that he was he actually has been working on. Uh, uh, The Expendables one, two, and three, and four. Sure, he's he's also worked on contributing to Spider-Man: Into the Spider Verse two. Um, yeah. Uh, Wonder Woman 84, Zombieland Double Tap, um, also Jean-Claude Van Johnson, which was, I think that was the Amazon Prime series with Jean-Claude Van Damme, mm-hmm. but here's the one that's going to just blow your mind and you're going to be really worried now, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Well, I always try to keep in mind that uh, credits aren't always reflective of whoever the writer is. Um, I always go back to the fact that like Akiva Goldsman, who pops up, like I think, every year at the Academy Awards anymore, also was like a big part of Batman and Robin. Yeah. So it's like I try to keep that in mind, and I know that there are so many writers who get put on things, and then they are taken off but you know, there's enough of their work there that even though it's been changed by like 14 people behind them or after them, that their name still gets put on in the credits. So like, I, I try to keep that stuff in mind. Um, but yeah, it doesn't bode well. <laughs> I, I think I do feel I like, like with, Sa- with, with, you know, Shang-Chi, uh, I think you've Kevin, got Kevin Feige, yeah, you, see you got
1: Kevin Feige to, to kind of oversee everything and be like, I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So we'll see right anyway, um also wait, wait in two thousand and five when is this uh what was that one that came oh, here uh here, one second I want to verify this verifying, verifying, verifying uh dave David uh Callaham, as David Callaham wrote the story for doom two thousand and five
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well. Oh. I guess to be fair, I haven't seen that movie, but I have oh, yet to. I
1: like that. Like, I didn't realize that you brought that up as an example. I'm like, oh, coming back,
0: you know? <laughs> it's coming gonna, back to gonna, bite him. Gonna, on gonna the ex- egg. I'm going
1: to explode that butt bomb. It's coming
0: back. <laughs> All right, you know,
1: um, so right now, uh, if there was a video game out there that you are somewhat familiar with that could be turned into a movie, uh, what would be your pick? You don't, have to, you don't have to
0: give me the elevator pitch, but what would be a, what would be a video game that you would like to see as a film? So, I mean, it's it's a little unfair because my brain immediately goes to older video games and it's like, I don't okay. know, I kind of like to see punch out. But like literally the the game, like it, it be sort of like low rent Rocky, but instead of, uh, you know, a story specifically about the boxer, it's about all the like fights that he has to take to try and get there. And the craziness of each new boxer and how there's a gimmick. And okay. I realized that like you could probably do a lot of uh, sequels to that. And obviously you can't have Mike Tyson involved, <laughs> or maybe you can. Who knows? <laughs> um, but you know, I Halo, I think, is the one that that like I think people are trying to crack uh, the 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 code on. Like I feel like Halo is the one that's gotta, yeah. And, and I'm saying this specifically from my point of view, like Halo had a really great story. Uh, it was very reminiscent of aliens in a lot of ways, but it was a lot of fun, both to play and uh, experience. So I guess Halo might be the thing that I would pick. OK, um, but there's also a part of me that's like, you know what? Why not like a like a. And I haven't seen Wreck-It Ralph, so it's unfair to, to to use it as an example. But you know, like, what about a Super Mario Brothers movie that looks like Super Mario Brothers Three, but it's done by like the people behind Pixar, or even the guys doing you know Spider-Man into the the Spider-Verse? Like, yeah, if like
1: Chris Miller and Phil Lord actually got their hands on like a pixelated like property. I think that'd be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, I think that would be amazing. And I know that. Well I'm not a huge fan of Mega Man. I know that there's a lot of potential with that. Oh Contra. Give there me you go. Contra. Yeah, give me a Contra film. Man. Give me, you know,
1: like two dudes, one wearing like blue, um, like, you know, like like what are you like like those uh yoga leggings and the other one wearing red ones and they just run around and just shoot aliens and shit. That'd be fun.
0: I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I mean it's it's aliens, but with you know
1: But I don't need them to do like the flip jumps. And I don't need like you know what I mean like I don't like oh, it's like this is the fireball launcher and you see the fireball do like that weird like <laughs> no thing. there's got to like, be
0: a bonus level every fifteen minutes where they have to get through it and you have to watch them jump and shoot at the different targets. <laughs> To get to the next level. it's like,
1: oh, the thing's blinking red. We got to do it. No, like it it would almost, I wish it would have the same level of production as like Psycho Goreman with that same level of awareness where it would be amazing with the gore and also the commentary. Like, wouldn't it be great at the very beginning where you see 30 mans show up and you just see these two dudes get slaughtered (laughs) the entire time going through this movie of them, like, you know, with the Contra code. And it's like, listen, we can, we can recreate you only so many times. Like, like that would be the tongue in cheek fun for me. <laughs>
0: you know? Like that would be a lot of fun. And I do wonder, I know that that movie with Ryan Reynolds, free guy is, uh, or is it free life? Free, uh,
1: I think it's free guy. I think it's, I think it's okay. free guy. Yeah.
0: Is coming out where it's a character who's in a video game and doesn't realize it. Um, yeah, I think I think, that I, could yeah.
1: be- I think you could approach that same. Like you, you said you've not seen record Ralph. Uh, the second movie is not great. Like it's okay, but not great, but you should check out record Ralph. That's a delight. And it, and it really takes the piss out of like a lot of like, um, like he's part of a, a, a support group about bad guys that don't want to be bad guys anymore. And you see Zangief, you see uh, like, it, like it's just funny, like how they incorporate some of the other, characters from video games in there
0: mm-hmm. and
1: it's, it's actually it's a it's a really delightful film but yeah i it, like mega man would be great i mean like because it's personal to me I, I think that'd be fun um like if you want to see something to see mega man adjacent watch turbo kid um there's a lot <laughs> well, of,
0: turbo kids amazing yeah
1: but like the mega blaster in that that's not that far out right from the idea of what uh mega man is Um, I, I think, I think if you did a God of war, especially set with like the current setting of the current game, I think that'd be really affecting and it'd be amazing. That'd be a lot of fun. Um, but also the, I'm also thinking backwards. I'm like, what about pitfall? What if it's just a guy just trying to get over three alligators all the time (laughs) and then trying to avoid a snake and like, why? Like it's the loosest of games, right? So you could do whatever you want with it and call it pitfall.
0: That's strange. true. I, I'm actually kind of surprised that we haven't seen something like that. Um, and the way that you described Racket Ralph, it, it it brought to mind uh, images of of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and how that like brought all these different IPs together. There you go. And That's I kind actually of a not feeling. a bad call.
1: That's not a bad call where they they actually have some original characters in the forefront with some acknowledgments of video games and other characters. Like there's a bit where he uh, he soaks his sorrows at the Tapper Room like the root tapper mm-hmm. room. Like it's just, there's a lot of fun there and there's, there's, there's Easter eggs to other video games and it's just jokes, but it doesn't give away. Like it, it's not, it's not a wink fest the entire time, but anyway. Um, yeah, I think, I think that'd be a fun one for you to get into. Uh, there's an uncharted movie coming soon that has Tom Holland in the, the role of Nathan Drake uncharted is a series of four games, uh, on PlayStation. That Sony's put out that are basically, they're like, I know there's no more Indiana Jones films, but what if we did them now with a different guy, they're fun and uh, hopefully the
0: movie's going to be fun too. You know, it's interesting. I was never really a a legend of Zelda guy, but I know that that was such a huge game for so very long. I'm kind of surprised that never got adapted into (laughs) anything.
1: But I think people would be upset that like link would have to talk like the cartoon, you know, like, you know, do you remember Um, how the super Mario brothers cartoon was like four days a week? And then Fridays was legend of Zelda. Do you remember that or
0: no? I, I don't remember that. Was was the Super Mario's uh, cartoon? Was it hosted by Captain Lou Albano pretending he was Mario? <laughs>
1: Mario. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, I remember the show, but I don't remember the specifics. Yeah. So, we'll so they would way. book
1: in with the live action Mario and Luigi with some Mario cartoons. And then on Fridays, it was uh, legend of Zelda. I, I will say here real quick, your idea of a punch out movie would be a lot of fun. If it would use like the format, there's a film I've not seen, but I know of it called Digstown that There's a uh, Lewis Gosset jr. in it, and James Woods, that's probably not aged well, um, where, they're betting on these fights and he has to like do like this iron man, like kind of gauntlet of boxing people. Like I think punch out'd be great where it's like, Hey, little Mac, do you want to prove yourself back to back to back fights? I think that would be, that'd be fun where it's like an iron man competition versus like, you know, individual fights. I think it'd be great. It was like, what's happening now? King hippo. That would be a lot more fun, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I, this like you, like I think you summed it up best. They've not cracked the code yet. Um, I think that it can be done. Um, Like I think something like uh, Wreck-It Ralph is almost kind of like the dark man of video game films where it's like, hey, guys, you can do a superhero film not based on a comic, but have all the trappings of a comic book film. Mm
0: -hmm. Wreck-It Ralph has
1: a lot of that in terms of like the video game stuff. Um, Yeah, it, it could happen. Mortal Kombat is not it. And yeah, this film, I'm sure if it was you and I together drinking and watching this, we would have had a hoot with it. But just by ourselves, you know, I was hoping more. And again, I'm just going to throw this out there. If you want to see The Gentleman that played Sub-Zero in a much better film, uh, oh, one watch uh, watch The Raid, uh, and then The Night Comes for Us. The Night Comes for Us. If you want to see a thousand amazing martial arts fights with brutality and violence with an actual better story, please watch The Night Comes for Us. It's It's really
0: goddamn cool. Yeah, and if you want to watch uh, Kano uh be a pharmacist. Be a pharmacist. Uh, and have very funny lines as well on a show uh that unfortunately was cancelled too soon in my opinion. Check out Superstore.
1: Yeah, there we go. So let's go to a far discussion about Mortal Kombat. Um you guys can fight us on Facebook. Um just please Did You say they can fight us? They can fight us on Facebook. I said fight. I said fight F I G H T. Okay. You can fight us there. I hope if you do, and if you beat us that you'll offer some, uh, or a babality or friendship and not a fatality because I would like to keep living. But if you beat me two out of three times, I I'll accept that. Uh, you guys can find us on Facebook. Uh, you guys can email us directly at invadingpodcast at gmail.com. Wherever you find your podcast, rate and review us. And Steve, where can people fight you?
0: <laughs> you can fight me at the SaturdayNightSlasher.com. com. <laughs> uh, you can also fight me at uh, Instagram and Facebook under the saturday night slasher. And if you want to not fight me, but buy something, head to our Etsy store, which is the art of the slash. There we go. So, all right, that's going to do it for our discussion about Mortal Kombat. But yet we still have
1: more discussion about Mortal Kombat. It's time
0: to play the game.
1: Uh, In honor of Mortal Kombat and all the combatants with the letter K, I'm going to ask Steve, because he's such a video game guy. um, If this is a real Mortal Kombat character or like, I'm going to give you two and you're going to tell me which one's the real or fake one. You ready for this? Do all their
0: names start with K?
1: No. Oh, okay. (laughs) Anything that has a C sound, put a K in there. Because that's all every right. every single one of these was like, oh, okay, there's a K in all of these. I'm like, I get it. you know, it's branding, right? So Night wolf or Moon Bear?
0: <laughs> I mean, Moon Bear sounds like a Jeff Ritchie creation. so uh, I and mean, I don't know why uh, for those of you who listening, Jeff the a really talented artist and friend oh. of the show. But I'm going to say that, uh, uh, was it Nightwolf? Yeah. Nightwolf almost sounds like a 70s Marvel monster comic, which I would read. Um, uh, I'm going to go with Nightwolf being real. That
1: is correct. And just uh, Also, shout out to Jeff, a friend of show, a uh, guy that comes on and does amazing artwork. I don't know if you saw, Steve, that uh, Patton Oswalt tweeted out uh, Jeff's uh, MODOK that he made for comic did. Day That's a couple awesome. years ago. Cause I know uh, Pat Oswald's voicing Modoc in like the Hulu series. And that's amazing to me. Like we, we have, we have no right to be friends with Jeff. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like Steve, you make comic books. You're like you and your partner, you, you, you and Ryan, you guys do cool drawings. Like you did some robot stuff recently. Like you, you, I don't know why you hang out with me and talk to me. Like I am just a guy that babbles into a microphone sometimes, but like there's times where it's Jeff's like, check this out. I'm like, you're you're getting traction how do you talk to us like i don't understand how it works anyway
0: well it's what's amazing to me about jeff is is that uh uh his art's amazing but also like he gets people to you know respond like he'll throw out an office thing and it'll be stanley from the office the actual actor like mm-hmm. promoting his work he'll throw out like oh hey you know i, I did this um the Smashing uh, Pumpkins uh, homage uh, or a take on a song or whatever. And uh, like Billy I,
1: Corgan will share it. Yeah. Billy
0: Corgan will share it. And you're like, what the hell? Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, and, and that's, that's great. Don't get me wrong. But I'm always like, wow, like that is so awesome. Well, at Lisa, so happy the the gentleman him.
1: who uh, wrote the, um, the, the comic that we talked about a couple weeks ago I ended up liking your post. That's good. You know, um, the, um, right. Yeah. The yeah. horror host comic that we talked about. Uh, I mean, it's like, and I hope I hope to tag many um uh, butt plug uh, manufacturers in this episode to see what <laughs> happens. <laughs> like, I'll
0: butt. look into it for yeah. uh for the tags on Instagram when I post about it.
1: <laughs> butt plug and or grenade manufacturers.
0: That's that's the two <laughs> things we're looking for, right?
1: So <laughs> if you make either or, please share our content. That'd be great. Anyway, all right. Next one: sector with a K or
0: neon with a K. So Sector's was a line of toys in the late '80s, which I, I I never had any of them, but I always thought they were really cool. There was particularly only one that was like a giant, like fly or bee or something like mm-hmm. that, but it was like also a puppet. So oh. like its legs were uh, this black glove that fit over your hand. I remember and then that. the figure You're right. rat. You're I'm sorry, right.
1: I know I remember that. You're right. And let me let me spell oh, okay. let me spell neon for you. So sector is S E K T O R, right? Neon is K-N-E-E apostrophe O-N.
0: Well, now that I've got the spelling, I feel like it's, it's that, but I, I, I was leaning towards it not being sectar, just simply based on the fact that it was a toy at one point, but, Mm Uh, I'm going to say that neon is fake and say sector is real. Okay. You're right. You got me. I just wanted to make sure people knew
1: the effort I went into spelling the name neon terribly. And right.
0: I want people to know that I'm aware of an obscure toy from the 19. <laughs> I remember
1: those. I remember that. I wanted them. <laughs> I wanted one of those.
0: Like, yeah.
1: All right. Next one, a uh, hook face or meat.
0: <laughs> hook face sounds like, you know, when <sighs> Clive Barker was running out of ideas for Hellraiser. <laughs> like, I need another like, oh, call this I like
1: got a pinhead. Oh, I got sucks. a cigarette neck. I got a uh, Bladehead, I got, uh, <laughs> I got Dax uh, from uh DS nine. What else do I got here? Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Is Odo a thing? I oh, yeah, That's a DS nine character yeah. too. Got Odo bucket. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, like, yeah. Uh... <laughs> So yeah, I'm going to say
1: hook face is, is fake. fake. Meat is correct. So there's a character named Meat. Uh, I was going to I was going to actually be like Meat or Smeat cuz that would have been confusing, right? So
0: anyway, uh, Meat is also a character in the Porky's uh, series from the 80s. Yeah. Just knowledge for you kids at home.
1: All right, here here this one this one's going to be tough for you. Uh, Tanya or Karen with a K, obviously. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, Karen is perfect. Like I wanna imagine that like last year somehow they created a downloadable character named Karen. Uh and she's got the uh, can I talk to the manager haircut? And, <laughs> and uh you know, is uh For, super yeah. angry and pissed
1: Flawless bitchery, you know, like she's, she...
0: <laughs> she's carrying a cell phone so yeah. that she can, you know uh call the cops it, uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> call the police on people just enjoying their day at the park. Um Wow. I, I'm going to say that Karen is fake. You're right. And, and so
1: far you're four for four. Tanya's real, but I like the idea that Tanya also sounds like the name of a girl that, you know, it might, it might be closing time at the bar and she's just going to cause a fight between two losers, you know, and just be angry and cause problems. Well, all Tanya's and Karen's out there. Yeah.
0: It's been 30 years, but I'm never not going to associate that name without thinking of Tanya Harding. <laughs> Fair enough.
1: Um, All right. All right. So we got uh, uh, (laughs) Jason Voorhees or RoboCop with a K. That's not a K. It's a C.
0: (laughs) I'm going to guess these were downloadable players because I feel like Spawn at one point was a Mortal Kombat character as well. Um, I I mean... Robocop's not really a fighter other than like punching through walls and like shooting dudes in the dick. I don't know <laughs> that like, he's going to fit into Mortal Kombat. Uh, he has better robot Jason arms than Jack's least... with his wish arms. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, at least Jason Voorhees, you know, has a wide variety of things that he's done. Like, you know, maybe he picks up somebody and beats them against a tree. Jason uh, Voorhees
1: has a wide variety of walking towards somebody and then killing them. That- <laughs> yeah. the two moves walking towards somebody and then just killing them. I'm going to say that RoboCop's fake. They're both real. So you were absolutely right. You know me, I'm always good for the one, the one fake out. There's been multiple downloadable characters that have been added to the Mortal Kombat universe. You got RoboCop, Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger has been added predator. uh, John Rambo is one of the more recent ones, which that feels really problematic to me. But anyway, like there's been,
0: like other like, what famous- you mean a Vietnam vet showing up in Mortal Kombat? Yeah, it's is, a- it's, I
1: feel like they're still like celebrating his. I just, I'm that character is very confusing to me about the arc that he's took as uh, from all the movies. You know what I mean? Like just because if it's if it's John Rambo from the first film, he doesn't want to fight. You know, like you put him in there and he's like, I don't want to do this. I just wanted to get some food and I wanted to just move on through. And Brandon, he said no. Like. No, like, that's
0: why that first movie's amazing. Yeah, I know,
1: but I'm saying like if that Rambo is in this game, then it's like all you're going to find him is going to his 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 movie is going to be running into the mountains and making a, <laughs> uh, a a tarp out of something he finds, you know? Like that's the, the that's not a very good fighting move or he's going to somehow get somebody to fall off a helicopter,
0: you know? Right. So, I've- yeah. I don't want to go into a discussion about Rambo, but that is when I revisited. It was probably close to ten years ago, or maybe even more, when I revisited Rambo two because I was always a fan of First Blood, and that was a movie that I'd owned uh, and loved. But I hadn't revisited any of the other in the series, and I rewatched two, and I was like, "Wow, this movie is like one hundred and eighty degrees from what the original was or yeah. the first one was." And, and if you and, think
1: that's a complete turn, I don't know how you do a three sixty but make it worse. Um, the the Last Blood. It's like, what is going on here? <laughs>
0: like, Yeah. <laughs> All
1: right. Um, I don't know if I want to, like, I kind of want to th- revisit Rainbow three for a year the sequel. Cause I've not seen that in forever. And I know it's like problematic polit- politically now, <laughs> Like, but anyway, John Rambo is a character in Mortal Kombat now, which that also makes me wonder Then I'm going to put it to you. What, um, what film character would you like to see in Mortal Kombat?
0: So if we're going in that route of like a John Rambo, like I want Schwarzenegger is John matrix from commando. Oh, I think terminator shows up actually. Oh, he Terminator awesome. shows up. All right. Yeah, then, but, I, uh, no, no.
1: but why not? Why not have an alternate skin of him as uh, you know, from commando?
0: Well, the first thought that I had is, is like, why hasn't there been some sort of ultimate fighting game like mortal Kombat where you just put all the horror characters in it, like pinhead versus Friday, you know, Jason, Well, you
1: you should do a search for that because someone actually made like, um, a, a game on its own that actually has a lot of that going on. And it just, you know, obviously all the copyright people that crashed it, but there was a, a monster, like a monster slasher fight game that someone, the people made independently. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Also, I've got to point out that uh, Ash Williams is also in Mortal Kombat 11. So we uh, got, got Bruce Campbell too. Which at least he uh, has like a gun and a, like a robot hand, right? So like Ash's robot hand doesn't make any sense in Army of Darkness and how it works, but it still makes more sense than Jax's wish arms in the Mortal <laughs> Kombat film
0: i mean ash is pretty much the perfect character to drop into anything like i he doesn't exactly break the fourth wall but like he's so lovable and you know that he's gonna have some sort of commentary on whatever it is that he's been thrown into so uh that's a good one so since i can't have john matrix since terminator already exists um i'm trying to think uh what other fictional character? I mean, I would like to see stay away from like Batman or something like that. Well,
1: Cause there was the DC versus mortal combat, which I'm going to let you know that I did not include any of them, any of the DC characters in this, this, uh, this game that we put together here. Uh, Cause there was that actual crossover between them. Um, I'd like to see dark man. Cause then he could actually like one of his moves could be to take the
0: face of another character and have their move set. Like, why not? That'd be fun. That's a good call. Wow. I, I'm stumped right now because i i can't uh, i can't think of another character off the top of my head that i uh, i would throw in there. i'll i'll ruminate on this and have. I'd an also want i'd also yes. want
1: black dynamite to show up at some point. That'd be amazing. Anyway, so, all right.
0: <laughs> yeah, that'd be amazing. Okay, maybe not black dynamite. Perhaps uh, action Jackson shows up.
1: Oh my gosh! And can his finishing move be hit somebody with a car like? <laughs> <laughs> or, or hit them with whatever that rocket launcher that sets people on fire out a window. That would be amazing. Yes, that's what I want. That your Action Jackson needs to show up in a Mortal Kombat game. That'd be amazing. All right. Next here, we got... uh What else we got? We only got a couple left. Um, Cobra with a K or Viper?
0: Hmm. I feel like Cobra with a K is already... Um like a uh, a villain in the flash or is a group of villains in the fl- the flash um and obviously cobra being the main villain of, of gi joe I, I it sounds plausible but i feel like it's been used too many times viper sounds very much like a 90s thing like you know uh if you if you told me that there was a movie called viper from 1995 and it starred uh you know um pamela anderson and, well no it's just a show called vip so then maybe that's where i'm coming <laughs> VIP from but uh, or, yeah viper seems very 90s so i'm gonna say viper's the real one
1: finally i caught you it's Colebro with a k it was the
0: real really fan. yeah
1: yeah um i know sometimes i go for the jokes uh but um So, anyway, this next one completely serious. Is it Darius or the Kool Aid
0: Man? I want it to be the Kool Aid man. I want the Kool Aid man to like just bust through and be like, oh yeah. And then like, you know, drown people on the top
1: of his (laughs) like, like the top of his head. Like that would be like, I'd be like, oh, look at my sugary sweetness. You are now have diabetes. It's like, oh, you know, whatever. Anyway.
0: Yeah. Oh, and you know what? This just popped into my brain as well. Um, uh, we were talking earlier about fighting games that we remember and I, I don't know how this got left out, but there was an X-Men fighting game back yeah, in there the day was. that, yeah. uh, was quite popular and I, I, used to like to play that a lot. So, the Marvel um, versus
1: Capcom was really great too. And then, uh, the Marvel what was it the one of in the, the infinity wars or whatever it was where you fought Thanos at the end was really cool too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I know I just detracted from (laughs) answering this question, but I'm going to say Kool-Aid man's real because I want him to be.
1: I wish he was. I don't know who Darius is. I almost went to go look up other members of Hootie and the Blowfish just to give you like Darius, like Darius Rucker. Like, yeah, I was going to do that, but I couldn't find like another like regular name. So I was like, why not the Kool-Aid man? Because it'd be amazing because, you know, he could drown people. Or he could do a friendship of where he offers like a, 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 like a small drink of himself, which that'd be weird as well. You know, whatever. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I appreciate that you completely like, you know, like biff that one just because you wanted it to be real. I appreciate that. All right. So we got, um, let's see here. We got two more, uh, Takeda right. or Funyun. <laughs>
0: Well, you know I have a fondness for Funyun, so I'm going to lean that way. Um, (laughs) I'm going to say Takeda's real just because I feel like Funyun is the one that you want me to go for.
1: Yeah, Takeda's real. I wish I could have written this at Takeda versus Funyun, (laughs) but I just feel like Funyun is not that far off from a Mortal Kombat character. You know, like, watch out for Funyun. All right, so the last one here is Mandroid or Triborg.
0: (laughs) Oh, man, Mandroid... (sighs) I keep thinking that it's somehow that is is like a community joke but I'm thinking of kickbox or I'm sorry kick puncher kick, yeah kick puncher um yeah. mandroid does sound like it sounds like a real movie or something um,
1: Well the 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 guy's one of the guys behind um Psycho Gorman did Manborg right okay. so that's uh so that might be what you're thinking of but yeah
0: my brain is just a of a fount of, um, of useless, uh, pop cultural trivia. Well, that's and, why uh, you're on the show right me. now. That's it's failing right. me. Yeah, right. Um, I'm, I'm going to say Mandroid is real. Triborg
1: is real, which sounds like a master's of the universe character, but yeah, I I want to know what Triborg looks like. I I'm don't kn- know. I just looked up the name. Let me, let me Google <laughs> that right now. Uh, searching, 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 like I, I just Triborg. All right, all right, Triborg, Mortal Kombat,
0: Images. Uh, I like how my Google automatically uh, completed it. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> uh, like I, I, I wrote Tribor, and it was like, did you mean Triborg?
1: I yes, think, yes, yeah, I did. It looks like it can take like, take three different forms, and then maybe they have different fighting styles. I don't know. But I wanted him to be a robot with
0: three eyes. but Or three heads, and they just spin around.
1: Yeah. Like, that'd be great.
0: So anyway, you've let me down. Try Bork, once again. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um,
0: so for the first time um, and the last.
1: All right. Well, I'm upset that you did not fall for Hookface or moon but anyway, <laughs> uh, that's going to do it for the quiz for real or fake mortal combat tense with a K that's going to do it for us this week. Next week, um, we're going to get into uh, some more comic stuff because it's what we do here. Steve surprised me. By um, going on um, Comicsology and buying the first nine issues of the original Dark Hawk series that premiered in the 90s. And I know I always talk about Dark Hawk being a personal favorite character of mine. We're going to see if there's any um, if there's any merit to that statement, looking at these first nine issues of the series. Um, I remember them fondly, but again, um, nostalgia is a hell of a thing. <coughs> Mortal Kombat. Um, so we're going to get into it. And it's actually one of these uh, lesser known characters that I don't know why he doesn't have uh, six seasons in a movie at this
0: point, but we're going to get some dark Hawk. Uh, there's certainly a push, I think this year to bring that character to the forefront. And I, I don't know if that's motivated by Marvel having plans for the character, or if it's motivated by Disney having plans for, you know, uh, future properties that they would like to see, you know, turned into the next, uh, whether it be, Uh, film or TV series so I kind of feel like maybe it's the latter but I've not I've never read a comic with dark Hawk in it. And I don't think it was until I started the show that I'd even heard who he was. So
1: it's just, yeah, we'll get into a little bit. I mean, if there's a way to lose listeners, it's going to be talking about obscure comic character from the nineties that no one remembers Tuck it, everybody. It's going to be a love letter uh, to a character that I dig that probably doesn't have much going on, but you know, I was in high school when he looked cool and I was trying to be that kid to find the new thing. You know, as an identity? I don't know. <laughs> well, I guess I'll, I'll examine more of my own psychology next week when we get into some Dark Hawk. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be the first nine issues of Dark Hawk. You said there was a sale in Comixology. Um, it, it cannot, it could not have been that expensive to buy nine issues digitally of Dark Hawk.
0: I think it was four ninety nine for <laughs> the first nine issues, but it was on sale. Well, whatever. I, I, I you know, I always run into that with uh, Comixology. I think I've mentioned this before that I will only really buy anything on Comixology unless it's on sale because they have the print prices on Comixology – and I'm like, well, I'm not getting to hold it and keep it as a physical comic, so I'm not paying you the $9.99 or whatever the trade would be, $14.99. But if you tell me I can get it for $4.99 because it's on sale, I'll buy it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to dig into it. I I do. And maybe this is a part of the conversation for next week. But I, I also wonder how the coloring is going to handle uh, reading it digitally. Because mm-hmm. I think that there is an experience or there's a piece of the experience, particularly with comics, that are printed uh, back in the day on newsprint and the way they looked and how the colors is sort of desaturated in some ways uh, and the way that they reprint when they're posted digitally where the colors are vibrant. So I'm kind of curious to see like what the reading experience will be like looking at those comics uh, 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 and not having laid eyes on the originals, but seeing how they look now.
1: It will be great to hear your take on that, that mid nineties, like look that I felt like was like a lot of uh, Marvel comics. So yeah, Uh, that's going to do it for us this week. Talking about Mortal Kombat next week, Dark Hawk, I hope you guys join us. Um, There may not be as much uh, butt plug talk next week, but we'll see what we can do. We'll see what we can fit in there.
0: We'll make it a new feature.